0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW report Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
2: The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute. Integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now, on with the show.
1: that time, we have the people. This is Eric, and i
3: This is Priscilla Lima.
1: This is Casey Patterson. The story in real
4: time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at
1: the next four years. You're listening to The Netline with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Peter, there's no better angle for sure uh, than the one from behind you. All this travel and plane and priorities. Been really getting in the way of our relationship. And DJ Roucher. I have a great thighs. It's the Net Live right now.
2: Every week I'm reminded that Casey Patterson is a liar.
0: He's thinking about four years.
2: No, he was. I'm just kidding, Casey. We love you. And we understand your new partnership, as does your former partner. Welcome to the Net Live, everybody. 3rd of December? Is that right? Yeah. December? I guess by the Christmas tree in my living room, I should know that it is December. The real tree went up this week. Very exciting. Boys are stoked. First real tree for my youngest son. Oh, nice. Second real tree for my oldest.
0: Except for the rest of your Christmas decorations have been up since mid-September.
2: Well, that was them. Yeah. <laughs> you live <laughs> in pre, Southern California. You have retail. a real tree? Real tree. Whoa. Imported pine from Canada. Canada. That voice you hear may sound familiar from last year and other special editions of The Net Live. It's Jay Hasek. Thank you, thank you. Well, we have you in
5: studio. It's always a pleasure to be here. I love being in studio. I love being on the radio with you guys. It's a blast. So I had to come out here to recruit. I thought I'd come in and say hi.
2: I love it that when you show up in Southern California, you immediately switch to SoCal issued flip-flops and board shorts. <laughs> hey, listen, it's not just when I'm here. I, at home,
5: I wear flip-flops as often as possible. Trunks are always a must. I'm, I'm definitely it's the guy that sticks out. Next to
2: waist, East Coast, Penn State, doing the job. <laughs> waist down. I'm at the beach. Take it easy. Yes. Yeah. Well.
0: But it's also probably 30 degrees warmer here.
2: At
5: least. It's it's not that bad back home, guys. It's really not. Not yet. No, it snowed. It lasted on the ground for about an hour and a half last week. That was <laughs> See, I like the snow. I if
2: I do if too. I'm back east, I'm living in Colorado. Wherever I've been, I'm always praying for snow. I am that guy
5: on my block, and 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 I'm a music guy. So I've got spe- I got speakers in our ceiling. I got speakers everywhere. I got on the deck. I got everything going on. I'm that guy that when it snows and I gotta shovel the driveway, I open up my garage door. I put on my gloves, I get my jacket out, I get the shovel, I flip on the stereo in my garage, I got speakers blaring, yeah. whatever I'm in the mood for, and I am happy-go-lucky. I call it the Snowflex instead of the Bowflex. It's like my workout for the day. Nice. And I am the guy having a blast shoveling snow, and my neighbors are all looking at me from down the street just with that, err.
2: <laughs> I think that's the new shovel you're going to put out, the Snowflex. The Snowflex.
5: You know, I'm, I'm patenting that right now.
2: So Bowflex, if you're thinking of doing it, you better give me some royalties. I want 10%. <laughs> well, let's let you know what you have on the program in store today. We're, of course, going to talk about the NCAA Tournament. We are two rounds in to the women's field of 64, and there's plenty to discuss in the different matchups there and some interesting victories, as usual, when you put 64 teams together to play. Uh, We also have preseason All-Americans. Jay, perk your ears up. Here it comes. It's uh, off the block. Vinny Lopes has provided us his... uh, preseason list of All-Americans for the men's side of the game, which will be getting underway next month. I
5: am uh, I'm excited for the men's season to start, but today, as you put it, and I agree, today we are celebrating the women's game and the big bracket going on, the big dance.
2: The big dance. And we also have a note, uh, a sad note, David Courtney, who you hear, you may not know the name, he's not a volleyball guy, but you hear him every week when you listen to this show. He is the guy who recorded our voiceover for the intro to this program, and PA announcer with the Clippers until this past week passed away.
0: Yes, he, uh, five seasons with the Clippers, but he'd been the Angels announcer forever. It was with the LA Kings forever. It was with the Kings when they won the Stanley Cup this last year. It was with the Angels when they won their World Series. Um, I had known David for probably about seven years to work with him, and, uh, we did a little, uh, moment of silence and another special treat for him Saturday night for the Clippers. was a little difficult, but, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with his family.
2: Well, we sure appreciate his presence on this program, which will continue. Nice thing about being in this sort of business, when, even when you pass on, your spirit endures just a little bit in pieces here and there. Kind of a neat thing. Yeah. Uh, we do have for you on the program uh, one fantastic guest. Actually, we know we have one fantastic guest, Mark Rosen, Michigan. They had a little bit of a victory this past uh, this past week. Defeated Louisville. Louisville, Louisville denied them the chance to play in their own Final Four. Uh, we had him on this program last year, and he convinced me to vote his team all the way to the Final Four, I think. We'll see if he can convince me of said thing this year. But Mark Rosen, in his 14th season at Michigan, will be joining us uh, shortly here on the program. We are also, we've been working on Kathy George from Michigan State and Ben Bonipo Memba. I can't even get all the names right, but Ben Bonipo Mamba from Cal. That he was supposed to be on. We'll see if he calls in just because he remembers. And I uh, still working on Kathy George because Kathy George, huge victory, probably biggest, I would say biggest victory for her in that program. I'm just guessing because I didn't go through her whole program, but I went through her history. And, I mean, she took over the first year. That team was 12-18. and 18. Five and fifteen in the Big Ten, her first season. Wow! And this is a team that had been very good, Michigan State. And and you're in
5: the Big Ten. That's you know arguably with the Pac-12, the toughest conference
2: in the country. And you turn that program around that fast. That's that's pretty good. She was the fifth coach in history named in 2004 as head coach. So she's in her eighth year. She's had some time, but they have steadily improved each year. And they've had five NCAA appearances. This is their fifth under Coach George. So five and eight years. Yeah, that's doing doing some good. They're twenty five and nine overall now and, and they just defeated defending champion UCLA. And where was it? Oh yeah. At Pauly. Ooh. Ooh. So we're working on Kathy. I've you know, with messages, emails, the whole deal, and we're we're trying to get a hold of her. Hopefully she comes through here during the program. If not, we'll endeavor to talk to her later. I'm sure she's listening. She'll be calling in. Of course. I mean everyone in the volleyball yeah. world listens to this program. Even right? the Sasquatch listens to the show. <laughs> tell you. The Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Who is the Sasquatch? <laughs>
5: Anyways, it's a a mythical creature, Kevin. I'm just saying that everybody (laughs) listens to the show. Even
2: Jimmy Hoffa listens to the show. Well, the bottom line is, kind of like when you're on air, people will say, well, did that really happen? I said, I said it happened, so it did. (laughs) Kind of how you have to work with it. You know, in a couple weeks, we will be adding a female voice to this broadcast, at least for one day. Finally. Ooh. Kelly Tennant will be joining us on the show in a nice. couple of weeks, seventeenth, which will be coming out of the weekend at the ABCA.
0: Did you convince her? Sorry, did you convince her to come live in the home court? Yes. That's nice. Yes. Impressive.
2: And I will be issuing a formal apology to Kelly Tennant <laughs> for, for a broadcasting incident during said broadcast. I think I, I've heard about this one. Yeah. So right. there will be we'll a formal apology, and uh, and perhaps some sort of. Uh, uh, retribution exacted. I'm not sure. might involve a paddle. And, Jeremy, I hope the cat is not here to do its business in the middle of our studio Your show. cat
0: is eyeballing the litter box. I'm not pleased about that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Back downstairs, cat. Hold it. We're busy here. <laughs> Let's talk about the first round. Let's get to this first round of the NCAA tournament because it held some interest. And I have to tell you guys, I went two, three, four... Five, six. I only missed six out of the first 32. Six. I, I so I went 26 and six in round one. Jay, I'm not sure how you did. And Geeter, he went to Costa Rica, so he doesn't even care how he did. Uh, I, I He's did busy not... watching birds and monkeys of many colors. Where what, what did you go? 26 and six. I did not go 26 and six. <laughs> I think I went 24-8.
5: and eight. I think that was uh, – I was doing the math, and my math does not add up correctly, but uh, then again, I was not a math student. I was a sociology major, which uh, allows you to
2: do a lot of things except math. Let's start out with the West Lafayette, Indiana bracket. I guess that's how you refer to them because they're played all over the place, so you got to refer to them as their, their Elite Eight rounds. Sure. Is that about right? That's about right. So top left, if you're looking at your bracket, and Penn State – Shockingly defeated Bing, Binghamton, Binghamton. Binghamton. It's, a, it's a really
5: good school, by the way. Really, it's in the SUNY system. Really good school. Yeah, I'm sure
2: it's an excellent school, and I'm sure they define student-athlete because student is written in all caps in 18-point, and then athlete <laughs> is written in about 6-point, all lowercase. Uh. At one point, what was the score,
5: Jay? Uh, I think the score at one point was 17-0. They hung a three on him in the, uh, in the second game. Um, listen. You're, no, you're, Penn State doesn't have an easy run. That is, well, uh, <laughs> I'm not getting into that discussion. That's, uh, that's a touchy that's a subject. However, let's congratulate Binghamton for getting into the tournament. They won their conference, which is what you're supposed to do. Yep. Don't hate the player, hate the game. They got in. They gave it a valiant effort. And congratulations to their team and their coach. You know what? That's a good job for you recognizing your strengths and weaknesses and knowing your place. And uh, hey, good luck to you next year. Hope you get back in.
2: Yeah, suck on that, Kevin.
5: Yeah, suck on that, Kevin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they didn't win, so they must not have been doing a good job. Obviously. Oh boy, God. Yeah. How many? How many championships you win? At I dominated.
5: At Pepperdine.
2: At, at Pepperdine, yeah. <laughs> at uh, Pepperdine, I believe I have losses to the. Eventual runner-up and the eventual champion, unfortunately. No no playoff victories, as a matter of fact. I guess fact. you weren't doing your job, then. Apparently not. If everyone was doing a great job, then everyone would win the championship every year. Orange juice that? slices. Said, and,
0: said that out loud?
2: Juice boxes and orange slices for everyone, Kevin. <laughs> I'm having a big debate in our flag football league right now because no. I serve on the board. And it, it's an interesting thing when you have parents that join a league And then want the league to be entirely different from what it is. Example. What what does that mean? Yeah. Well, okay, there's – the way the NFL does flag football, it is a passing league. There's almost no blocking, very little running. Players are spread quite far apart. There's almost no contact, right? The way we play it is more like football where there's a line, there's blocking, there's running, there's all this activity going on, but you're pulling flags, not tackling. And people have joined the league and now said, oh, it should be a passing league. Like, no, it's that's not what the pass. It's not a passing league. We are a blocking full on football tackle preparatory experience preparatory. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but and the other thing they want to change is we don't have a draft. We're basically a club system where you have a team, you can build your own team, guys recruit and stuff, but you, you keep your same kids.
5: Whatever happened to just being? Hey, I'm part
2: of this city block, and this is my team, yeah. and I just I played. That's out actually the idea, because what happens is you have a Redondo team playing a, a Manhattan Beach team. Makes total and That's sense, what happens. Because you which play apparently with your why it doesn't work that
5: yeah. way. Is
0: but there you, also a passing league? Like people could play in that? There's instead? lots of leagues around.
2: There's like yeah, ten so leagues around here. That's league. known as the Arena Preparatory yeah, League. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> so, but my point is that they come into the meetings. They're like, oh, the league should be completely different. No, you should go play in a different league. Like We have 700 kids in this league. This league wow. has grown because it, it of its structure. How many kids on a team? Uh, 12 to 100. 15.
5: Uh, 100. Yeah. Well, I guess
2: 10 to 15. <laughs> There's seven, only two teams. It's seven 120 teams, kids. Yeah. With 700 kids between the ages of 5 and 13. Wow. It's, now, here's a question. A it's hugely this is
5: a PG program. Now, I had a comment, it, it, now, here's a question. Could you conceivably start... A club, let's just call it the the, the Redondo Eagles, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the name of your club. And that club, year-round, you are a part of that club in different sports. So
3: mm-hmm. you have
5: a group of kids that are part of the Redondo Eagles, and they play basketball. And then when the season comes up, they change, and they play baseball. And then they play fall sports. They play a little volleyball if you're in the girls, and they play football if you're the boys. But you are a part of that club throughout the whole growing up process. That's almost a European experience. That's yeah, why we bring I'm saying, Jay in
2: for these yeah. big He wanted to take a million dollars from Jeff Kent last time or whatever the guy's that's name is. That's right. Was. Apparently I'm a socialist if I Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> How dare you? No, but I, I like these I like these big ideas. I don't think that's a bad uh, a bad notion. But you can't play baseball in the spring. It's Just not a good culture. Why not? It's just terrible on a youth level. Why? It's spring. They're psychotic about it. What do you mean? Well, I, I'm Baseball parents. Baseball parents. Ah, crazy. okay. So it's
5: the parents. It's not the kids having a no, whole experience. No, it's not the kids.
0: Can you uh, ban the parents?
2: No.
5: Seriously. Are there, are, there, are there, is there gambling going on in your football league? Because there's apparently in Florida, on the little peewees, the six-year-old kids, there's gambling going on. There's drinking. I don't know if there's gambling. Well, Again, there's by drink. the parents, not the kids. <laughs> Listen, Chuck E. Cheese has set the tone for that years Did ago when have... they allowed beer to
2: be sold at their All restaurants. All right, let's get back on track here because really eleven three and 9? 11, 3, and and 9? Eleven, three, and nine. Yeah, significance of those numbers? That's yeah. the set scores yeah. for Binghamton against hey, Penn State. Again,
5: we're not getting into it. We're not again. Getting... It's it's not
2: Stanford. If they hung that okay. on
5: Stanford, that'd be another thing.
2: Yale yeah. defeated Bowling Green. So, no, I'm sorry, Bowling Green defeated Yale. On my bracket, I was picking the smart kids. Too bad. Uh, so Yale did not advance. Penn State advanced again. I got. Let me get off the real bracket. Quit reading off my bracket. There we go. Bowling I picked Green. Bowling
5: Green on that. By the way.
2: Bowling Green. So they went 3-2, right? Yep. Get by the smart kids. Yep. Then Ohio State, Kentucky advanced. Florida State, Purdue, which I think we both figured on that one. Both those teams pretty good. And
5: Ohio State winning in three over Notre Dame. That's not an easy task.
2: Notre Dame is a good team. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. I picked Notre Dame on that one. I did, I did too. I did, too. Uh, Creighton and Minnesota. Now, I have I have Minnesota going pretty far here. I have Minnesota advancing all the way to face Penn State. Uh, in the elite eight, yeah, I I, I haven't beaten too. Purdue. I, I had I had Minnesota and Purdue. Purdue barely getting by Florida State. I had Marquette beating Creighton. I, I thought uh,
5: the boys up there, Szymanski and uh, and Dyer, were going to do some good things to that team. They they turned
2: that program around too and done some one things. But I did have Minnesota beating them. I knew not much about either program. I picked Creighton. Lucky pick. I had Oregon over northern Colorado and I had Dayton over my own alma mater pepperdine. It turned out to be a good pick. Just a little trivia question. Do you know what the mascot for Creighton is? Creighton. Uh something with a gun and a Minuteman hat. No, they are the Jays. <laughs> I'm not kidding. With your face or bird for...
5: <laughs> the Creighton Jays. I, I have no idea. I have no
2: idea. <laughs> <laughs> I envisioned just a picture of you like uh what's his name has on the back of his from from Jackass. <laughs>
6: I rock, dude. Yeah. yeah,
2: dude, I rock. Or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. that would be their mascot. You Steve-o. doing that, Steve O oh, face? Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool, actually. All right, so Dayton and Oregon, that was the second round matchup. Oregon advanced out of there. That was uh, the way I I saw it going. Now ASU lost to Oklahoma three two, and that to me was congratulations, Oklahoma. But uh, shocking, I thought ASU was going to take that one.
5: Ah, uh, you you mentioned it the other day. It was there jinx going on here.
2: Well, I thought for sure the referees would. With loyalty, would lie with Oklahoma. Uh, pardon me, with uh, with Arizona State. I would have thought so too. And Jason Watson, yes, to get them to the next round. But perhaps the referees did not want to end up in that quandary of who to make the call for the Ooh. home team or the home guy Ooh. in the second round. So they had to advance Oklahoma. It is well
5: known around the coaching circles that the uh, the referees in Utah are a little biased in some certain ways. Anyone from Oklahoma? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well done, Oklahoma. Take it easy. Nicely done. Good job, Three Restrepo. Nice. Is it Restrepo who's the coach? Yeah. Team? Yeah. Restrepo.
2: Yeah. Restrepo. Yeah. Also an outpost in Afghanistan in a movie that I watched.
5: I believe he played at Southampton, East Stroudsburg. He played at East Stroudsburg back in the day. Jerry, what's your problem?
0: You, <laughs> <laughs> bringing up random things throughout the show. Oh, Some movie I watched about Afghanistan. Like, who, just,
2: who have who you not watched Restrepo? No, I
0: have no idea what you're talking about. That's it's why a it documentary.
2: Funny. Why don't you get out of the DJ world, turn the, uh. the music down, take the headphones off, get some information from the rest of the world once in a while, bud. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of documentaries. I have not heard yeah, of Restrepo. Keep going with the show. Okay, chat board, fire up oh Restrepo, yeah. please. Please tell these two they're off base, and Jeremy, report <laughs> back because I don't have the
5: check. But cards. apparently, that coach was a dominator when he played back in the day.
2: I'm not lying. We
5: had, had him on here on the show. He was pretty good. He's he's a he was a good player. Brazilian guy, right? Uh, I don't know the nationality. But oh, I'm, Colombian. But
3: Colombian. I know that
5: he is a colorful character yeah. and a, a good coach.
2: And, and congratulations! He's to a Tom. good dude. We'll see him at convention. It'll cool. be fun. All right, uh, Washington over Central Arkansas. No surprise there. Central Arkansas, congratulations on 30 victories. Do you know what the mascot for
5: Central Arkansas is? I'm a mascot guy, by the way. Uh-huh. Anybody who knows me when I have camps going it's on. It's the Jeremy's. No, it is awesome. They are the Sugar Bears. How sweet is that? Literally. Can, can you not picture the, the nights at the matches or at the basketball games? Uh-huh. Is it a gummy bear? No, no, no. It's the Sugar Bears. The Sugar Bears. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. <laughs> Boom.
0: The Sugar Bears. Yeah. What does it look like? And what is your shirt saying? I think I have where, to look like, at your, it. Like your college shirt. Like I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't go to school there just because of that. There's it's probably a great school.
5: No, no, no. There are endless possibilities for uh, the Sugar Bear. Endless possibilities for those of you out there that know the Sugar Bear. All
2: right, I'm seeing how far I have to go into uh, Google here. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Before, are you checking me? Before it predicts it for me. No, I just wanted to see how far it would predict it for me. Ah, okay. Arkansas Sugar Bear. Central Arkansas Athletics. Can I get can I get a logo, please? It's
5: I think it's a purple bear or something like that.
2: It's a gummy bear. That's perfect. It's a gummy bear. It's a Jerry Garcia bear. It is bear. It's a big purple bear. Oh. The UCA Bears.
0: We need to have somebody on from that school to explain to us why they're the
2: Sugar Bears. Although, Although, there's a legit reason. Let let me point out that if you put that in, if you put in their school and you look at images, there are two of their logo, lots of pictures of some coaches and players, and then the post Super Sugar Crisp. Box comes up. <laughs> hey. That's about the twelfth item on the list. This guy went to the Sugar Bear College. <laughs>
0: oh, those! I'm surprised pants. that didn't end up on the netlist. It's on page. my phone right now. It yeah. should be on the netlist. Dude, page. Uh,
5: I'm taking a picture uh, of this yeah. on my iPhone. Whenever Great, you, you call too? me, that's gonna come up. <laughs> That is fabulous. For those of you that cannot see, my I will your photo. Let me just dis- your senior photo. The glam photo. Okay, picture this. Glamour he's shots in, by Deb. He's yeah. in a glamour shots pose, so he's leaning on one arm, sitting on his butt with the one leg up and the hand draped over. He's got a white T-shirt, which you know you can't really see anything. It's my
2: uncle's business.
5: He has got MC Hammer pants on. They are black and white speckled, like uh, like Pollock made Zubas. these things. Zubas, yeah, Zubas. And he's got on some Air Jordans yep. and the hair is fabulous. Comb over to one side.
0: The Jordans are the only saving grace in that photo. I uh,
5: this will be posted well, on What's the Facebook. hair? Not the hair? The flowing
0: this- the flowing locks are no. You look like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs>
5: Well, he still looks like a 14-year-old boy. At 6'3". Uh, I'm not lying. This will be on my Facebook post oh, today. Yes. Oh. Take a look at it. It's fabulous.
0: How tall were you in that photo? How do we get
2: from Super Sugar Crisp back onto my photo? Because you were photo? talking about Sugar Bears, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this guy went to I'm Sugar about, Bears. I'm probably about 6'4 in that photo. S- As a six, freshman four? in high school? No, that's my senior year photo.
0: Of college?
5: High school. Right before Pierce. I'm sure they loved you at Pierce, by the way, looking this, like that. That's this.
0: a
2: year before I went to Pierce. I noticed you're still not shaving yet.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I don't shave today. What do you Obviously.
2: Think? Oh, some of us are hairless aches.
5: He's got to start his Movember in February. Believe <laughs> uh, well, me, even if that happened, it wouldn't matter.
0: <laughs> apparently, Scottie Pippen was a Sugar Bear. What?
5: That's actually true. Even better. I want to coach at Central Arkansas. If you're listening, AD, uh, I love my job. But if that job opens up, I'd love to be a Sugar Bear someday for at least a, at least a day. And if you're listening, Mark Pavlik, mm-hmm. that's just how easy Jay Hossings jump in your, far no, no, your you, program. I love my job. I'm not going anywhere. I love my job.
0: I like Cam Kerr's sarcasm on the uh, chat board. He said, the men's team is called the Bears. The women's team is the Sugar Bears. <laughs> oh, you
2: know why? You know why? Because <laughs> those kids don't have the courage, much like I did not have the courage in high school to wear pink. You didn't know that was the keys to the kingdom. Pink's the new black. No, if you wear, if you have the courage to wear pink. We've
0: had this conversation before. You are the man.
2: Yeah. Look at this. Gee, that that picture is going to make far too many rounds. Oh, what's going on? Gotta, that, could it be, really that could good. be like the new NetLive when you boot up the podcast. You're getting this on iTunes. That could be the new image backing the program itself. That would be lovely. All right, let's continue oh, on here. Oh, so good. We got sidetracked by the Sugar Bears. It's going on right now, everybody. Hawaii beat Santa Clara. So Tom Cruise went down. <laughs> Member, Tom Cruise lost. And then lost again to Washington. Santa Clara, by the way, Wallace John
5: Wallace Wally, Tom Cruise doing a nice job up there. Turned that program around. Had a couple of down years, doing a nice thing, getting back in the tournament. Nice job, Johnny. How about you and I beating Kansas State? Not a shocker. No, no, I had I I had Kansas State advancing, but not a shocker. Northern Iowa was very good. The Hurricanes.
0: If anybody's are they listening, the Hurricanes? I'm sorry. I'm not listening to you guys. If no, cyclones. no,
2: Cyclones. I'm sorry. That's Iowa State.
0: If anybody's listening sorry. from
2: the Sugar Bear Iowa College, yes. I want a shirt. Oh, I, I want a shirt. I so, wear a medium. You
0: know, I was kind of
5: disappointed I in wear the a medium.
2: It's just a big pur- like purple bear. You know, purple, you know what
5: I'll we need? You know what we need? In, in your bear. new office that we are going to build your little customized uh, drawers and dressers and, yeah. and entertainment area, you need a wall. Of T-shirts yeah. from every program that either A, you talk to on the air yeah. or B, that people just want to send in.
2: You know, we wanted to do something like that. We moved to the studio for a couple of shows. We were thinking about doing a whole studio concept but the bottom line is uh, until this show is pouring in advertising dollars it's not going to happen.
0: But seriously, I want a Sugar Bear shirt. Medium. I wear a size medium. Hit me up on Facebook. I'll give you my dress.
2: I'm not sure how the wife feels about T-shirts hung all over the wall. <laughs> We need an extra room. If we had a man cave, it's no problem. I'm in. If you move back no, east, no you, man could cave afford, here. you could afford a man cave back east. I could have a man cave the size of a, a recreational gymnasium <laughs> if I sold this house and moved back east. <laughs> <laughs> Atrocious home pricing here. Thankfully, it's coming back. All right. We don't need to review all these, I guess, because people saw what happened. But I mean, Texas advanced. We figured that would happen. I had cock getting through the first round, and uh, and it did. Hmm. College of Charleston. Penn State alum. Heppner, or Kepner. Jason Kepner, head coach. Nice head coach?
5: Yeah, head coach at the
2: uh, the College of Charleston. I had an interesting moment with, with Kepner because he came up to me at nationals or some adult event in Denver back in 2007 or 6. Ten years on from the national team. And I was talking to him and I knew I recognized him, but I didn't know who it was exactly. And I finally just asked him, like, dude. I don't remember. And, and he's like, really?
5: I'm like, that was like a decade ago, man. Oh, I, is he, are you talking about the the hand? No. What no.
2: what happened to his hand?
5: Do you, do you not remember this story? You were playing back then. So he's in the semis or the finals, one of the two back in either nineties. Did he tape
2: the heck out of his hand or something?
5: No, tape it. He had pins in his hand. He had pins in his pinky, I think. It, it's either pinky or one of his fingers. And he had a cast. That guy played with a full-on broken
2: finger with pins in it. In the match. See, I heard after volleyball he was like not digging ditches, but working in some manufacturing business or something. I don't know. Maybe. But... I don't know. Well, congratulations to him. Congratulations on him. For well, a well, first done, well done, Penn Well done. Good job. All right. I'm getting the high sign from Jeremy that we have our first guest, so we have to end this mess. It's a good thing, too, because I don't even know where we were going with that whole thing. You guys are just back to the photo.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's so wrong. Let's get your senior photos out. You're posting mine. I want to see yours. Oh, I I got some. I'll bring something up. I'll bring something up. Because there's nobody who took a good senior photo.
0: I guarantee you Jay nor myself are wearing hammer pants.
5: I I tell you what,
2: I I will will show you. Hey, again, maybe you just didn't have the courage to put on the hammer pants. Oh, I thought I still had
5: them. I don't have them any. Oh, I got them on my face. I'll bring some up. I'll bring up an old picture of me in my Little League outfit.
2: Hold on here. We'll get to our first guest in just a second. I'm trying to... (laughs) Trying to reboot here. <laughs> trying to get us back on task.
5: Shandi, can't wait to talk to you later on, my friend. Looking forward to it.
2: If yeah, you're make listening. Sure, make sure he's in. He's, yeah, he doesn't listen. He's got meetings and stuff. Yeah. Hold on here. There we go. Hit the All right. Jeremy, do we have some tunes? Always.
0: Let me just figure it out which one I want.
2: Sounds kind of low. There we go. That's a little better. We can't shortchange this man because he came on this program last year and killed it. So now we're bringing him back because his team is killing it. He's in his 14th season as head of Go Blue for women's volleyball. Took him to the Elite 8 in 2009, their first appearance in that level of the tournament. He could do it again this year. They're in the Sweet 16. Coming off A great first weekend where they defeated San Diego. Oh, no, pardon me. Defeated Tennessee. And then rolled through Louisville and denied Louisville the opportunity to play in their own Final Four. Welcome into the Net Live once again, Mark Rosen. Coach. Hello? Coach, are you there? That's a great intro, uh,
6: Kevin, with this Dan Fisher.
2: Fish dog. (laughs) how are you guys this show goes fisher thanks for calling
6: Well, i gave you a hard time last year uh for your your lack of NAI coverage, so i thought i'd call him this year we just finished our uh our national tournament last weekend
2: and tell us about it
6: well uh we won the national championship that's why i'm calling
2: you know, I'm just booting up Google. I'm going to... A second. Congratulations, man. Nicely done. Thank you. Well, we, need, we need a little bit of an NAIA education. So you're Indeed. Indeed. At Concordia, there was some, some issues at Concordia that you have since obviously solved. Tell us about your team. Tell us about taking over the program and, and your success
7: this year.
6: Yeah, so... Uh... I've been the head coach at Concordia for for two years, and um, so you know we made a great run last year and ended up losing in the in the in the finals. So we had the same exact team back this year, and so uh, our, our goal was to, to to get another shot all year. And um, we had a a few very key injuries. One was to our uh, you know the best player on the team, our just defending NAI Player of the Year was out for our entire playoff run. So it was uh it was a pretty uh, pretty neat ride. But um I'll try to educate you guys about the NAI that the way they do, you know, there's two hundred and fifty something total teams in the NAI. And the way they do their national tournament is, you know, after the first round, twenty four teams make it to uh the host city, which this year was Sioux City, Iowa. And so we duke it out. They start with, with Pool play, we duke it out over five days, um, and, and if you make it all the way, you end up playing the semis and the finals the same day. So it was, uh, it's a grind, and uh, we're all pretty exhausted. But I thought I'd call in and give you a hard time for showing us no
2: love. Okay, so not only did you win, but you went undefeated, thirty-eight and oh. Indeed. My goodness, thirty-eight and oh, that is achievement wherever you're at. Yeah, yeah it was.
6: Uh, it, it seems like everyone's asking about the perfect season, but with, you know we lost two starters throughout the year. One to an ACL, and, and another one landed on a girl's foot and dislocated her ankle. That was about a month ago. That's the one I just talked about, Brooke Marino, who you gave that big award to at the at the uh, final four last year. Um,
5: so you know, that, that, it
6: doesn't seem like we. It, it doesn't seem like it was without adversity. Um, uh, but that's it like
5: was like my. It, Looks like my alumni donation dollars helped you with your championship, so I say you're welcome, Dan Fisher.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you, and you have finished your masters, I take
5: it. <laughs> I got masters there, masters and registration. Yeah,
6: yeah. Misty May is doing it right now too. There's a there's a lot of uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of level players in that program.
2: My goodness, 38. No, that is a a heck of a record. So, who did you play in the final?
6: So we played uh, Columbia College in the finals, and um, you know I'll continue to try to educate you know you guys as much as I can. There's a big range of, of levels in the NAI, but by the time you get to the tournament, and especially deep, you know the you know when you get to the final eight, final four, you're in a legitimate D1 level. at, say you know top hundred RPI, and that's probably being safe. Um, the, the you know. It's pretty heavily fun. you know when you like Columbia College I think has five starting founders. Um we have two girls from China. Um so yeah, and then also the final four, which just to mention another West Coast school was by all, they had a really nice team this year that we played in the semis. Um so, you know, we got to the finals and um it was you know it was a great match, it was a four setter, it was a slug fest. Um, I need to probably rewatch it to figure out exactly what happened. But uh, but we were able to find a way. So we kind of – we had probably the most steady team and, you know, definitely the most balanced. We, we could set anyone at any time. So um, it was a really cool run, and I'm glad uh, we finally got over the hump. Concordia had
4: been runner-up, I think, three other
6: times, as, you know, twice with Paul Weishoff, once with, with me last year. So
5: it was a pretty cool deal. Well done, Dan. This is, hey, this is Jay. Uh, you know, one of the things about the NAI, I think you touched upon it, is that there's a lot of foreign players, um, and you know, for, for lack of a better phrase, there's, there's not many rules in terms of how old you can be if you. <laughs> so you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those wild programs. Absolutely the wild It's one of those things where if you if you've got a kid that wants to go there and, and you can afford to go, uh, you know, it's like come one, come all. So yeah. It, if you could touch upon the level, there, there's been some programs over the years in AI, especially on the men's side. I know also on the women, where they're they're better than a lot of Division One teams.
6: Well, yeah, there's you know I, I'm still somewhat new. You know, I know you guys from men's volleyball, and um, you know, so I, from what I know, you know, certainly on the men's side, you know, Cal Baptist had teams, you, you know, that were way better in certain years than any in Division One NC2A teams, and that's mostly because, you know, the NAI Maximum's eight full scholarships, and so they actually, if the, if the school's willing to fund it, they could have more kids on scholarship than a, an NC2A school. Uh, on the women's side, I don't think there's ever been a team, you know, as good as the top women's teams. You know, we play in the off season. We'll play in, you know, we'll, we have trouble having anyone schedule us in season, for RPI reasons, but in the off season, we'll play you know all the the local D one teams in, in the spring tournaments, and you know we're, you know we're competitive. We're, once you get into the top twenty five, and you know the SCs, and, the, and those teams are a little too much for us. But you know we're pretty competitive with you know RPI fifty to hundred.
2: Yeah, what about the, the number of matches you guys are playing? I'm looking at Columbia College; they're now forty two and two with the loss. You guys are thirty eight. Whole lot of volleyball.
6: It's it's a lot. It, the you know there's 28 total dates, but for whatever reason in in, in AI the people love playing the double headers. So pretty much every preseason tournament you go to, you'll play two in a day. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a little too much for me. It's uh, I'm a little exhausted after the season, but uh, but uh, it's been a fun ride.
2: Okay, so you're two years in, national runner-up, now national champion. Where are you going?
6: Uh, to Disneyland.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I, 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 uh, I'm just drinking a coffee right now trying to enjoy this before I think about any.
4: <laughs> I'll be at the
6: final four. Um, made a okay. decision.
2: You want to you give out your phone number You're and your suit? information? <laughs> you bring bringing a suit and tie? <laughs>
6: no, you know, it's... Uh, Concordia is is a really neat school and it's been great to me and um, I, I've got a very good job so I, I think uh, you know you had Paul on here a couple of years ago that I that I teach you about it. it's it's a really good gig you know I live in San Juan Capistrano um, you know I'm, I'm near some pretty good surf breaks it's uh, you know I'm funded you know pretty well not quite as good as you know the D, most D1 teams but better than some like where I live so I got a good thing going.
2: Yeah, we we know how good it is. We know how wonderful it is. But we also know that when a coach like you does the work of being an assistant for a long time in Division One, moves over, takes over a head coach job at NAIA, and does well, as you have done, does incredibly, as you have done, we know that there are other offers that are going to come your way, and all of a sudden that surf break will be getting compared to Powder Mountains or something.
6: <laughs> well, you know, there was, you know, certainly there was, I got a, you know, a little bit of interest last year, but made the choice to stay. There, you know, I've moved a lot, you know, the last few years. I was in Hawaii. I was at USF and, and coached at Pacific. And so I like where I'm at. Certainly there's – I think every coach has a few, a few you know, places on their list. But you know, because I'm so happy with where I'm at, I'm at a place, you know, where I you – know, I'm in the Mecca, you know. I was able to help out a little bit with the USA staff this summer with the Pan Am Cups. I was able – you know, it's, it's a place I can recruit to. Um, so there's a lot of positives, and you know, I've been treated awesome. So I'm not, I'm not out there looking to jump ship.
2: Dan Fisher, NAIA champion and a perfect season, thirty-eight and zero. Dude, thanks for uh, educating us a little bit. We appreciate that when people reach out and uh, and demand that we listen to them.
4: <laughs> well, thanks
6: for having me, guys. And, and uh, maybe next time I can get a. A little
2: better intro. We'll give you we'll give you a much better intro next time. Just shoot us an email on the side and we will we'll do it up. Especially thirty-eight no, that's sick, dude. Great, great job. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Dan Fisher, head coach and Bye, ad- champion at Concordia University, and he will be in Louisville with his suit on. Dan Fisher,
5: one of the best bouncing setters in hitting warm ups you've ever seen. He was at ULP when I was at Santa Cruz, and he would go up and take a few swings and warm ups, and would thump balls. Is that intimidating for the band? Look, it is actually. Well, you know, when, when your setter is bigger than your middle blockers, it's pretty sad. <laughs> it's
1: rough.
2: All right. Well,
5: is Rosen even here, I mean? there?
2: Is Rosen? No, you know he's coming ten forty. Oh, okay. Let's take a quick break here. That's it. I mean, I can roll us out. I, I just got an email here working on the Kathy George thing. I right, know. So I can just. I'm endeavoring right to, to make the show better uh, here. So they're in the middle of, of practice at that point. So I don't think we're gonna have Kathy George, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep working on Andrew. getting her. Maybe she's got to she's got to win one more
1: week. Muted. Goodbye. The best college volleyball in the country is coming to Louisville, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. Cheer for every point. Witness every rally. Experience it live at the 2012 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship, December 13th and 15th at KFC Young Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Hosted by the University of Louisville and the Louisville Sports Commission. All session tickets start at $62. Visit NCAA.com slash volleyball to make a date with champions.
3: Hit it. How you feel, brother? Feeling really good. You feel good. Feeling really good. It's you good. so much bone, brother. How you feel, man? I'm feeling alright. I saw your name. I don't want no people to know you're in here. Yeah. How you feel, brother? Right. Hey, yeah. Go are getting down. Look at him. We're gonna have. Uh, yeah.
1: Industry's number one volleyball magazine. Volleyball magazine has been serving the volleyball community for over twenty years with the latest in volleyball news and information, product reviews,
0: athlete profiles, fitness, health, and travel related features. Published nine times a year, Volleyball Magazine brings you the inside to the access to sports biggest stars, whether it's into the junior, collegiate, or professional level, sand or indoor. Volleyball Magazine has you covered both on and off the court. Visit us now. Do it. www.volleyballmag.com and subscribe for one year for only $19.99. Do that now and receive a new water bottle for $49 dollar value, free compliments of our friends
2: at Naturally Energized Water Bottles Company. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball mag. Welcome back to The Net Live. Kevin Barnett sitting in with Jay Hosick and Jeremy Rusche. And I, Jeremy, I think we already did this once, but we're going to do it again because it was my mistake. <laughs> we got Dan Fisher last time. This time, I think we have the right guy. Oh, different music this time, even. All yeah, right. switch it up since you blew it the first time. <laughs> We want to welcome into the show this man for the second time. He's in his 14th season as head of Big Blue up there in Michigan. He came on the program last year, and he literally talked me into a national championship for Michigan. I think I put him all the way through. Well, maybe I didn't, but don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. He was great on this show last year. His team this year has had a very nice season, and they continued it. Through two rounds of the NCAA tournament, defeating Tennessee three sets to two, and then taking out post-Louisville three sets to one. Welcome back to the Net Live, a man who's trying to put his team into the Elite Eight for the second time, first time since 2009, Mark Rosen. Coach. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. Hey, thanks for coming back, and uh, we, we've introduced you twice, so we know a lot about you at this point anyway, and we're we're excited that you're here. Tell us about the first two rounds of this tournament i mean you you guys didn't have an easy road of it. Tennessee and Louisville are nothing to sneeze at
8: no it will put put me in a lot of pressure on I me mean, with that intro by the way a lot of a lot of pressure from last year but uh it was a, yeah, it was a good weekend you know we i thought our I think our team's playing really well right now. We finished off the big ten season playing um, extremely good volleyball um and and just felt like we had some good momentum going in and uh Tennessee was a great match where we, you know, we were up 2-0 and thought we had things kind of in control. But you know how that goes in volleyball. That can change in a hurry. And next thing you know, we're we're fighting and scratching for a fifth game. And I thought we did a great job at competing when the match was really uh, on the line. And, and Louisville is a very, very good team with a home crowd. And uh, I think they had some, some very high expectations. And we, I thought, played very smooth against them. And, you know, even though they kind of took that second set away from us a little bit, I, I felt like our players never really doubted themselves, came back and, and played very steady throughout the match and pulled a little comeback in the fourth set to, to pull it away.
2: All right, now you have Lexi Irwin and Molly Toon leading you in kills. Uh, Lexi with 24 leads, but she had 68 swings and 11 errors. Not, not a tremendous percentage performance, but uh, definitely looks like a player who was there when you needed her.
3: Yeah, you know, we really
8: don't want to center that much, and, and uh, we've we've kind of overused her throughout the year at times, and she's not a, a high-percentage kid who's going to go out and get, you know, a really big number of kills on a small number of sets, but she's a very good volleyball player. She makes She's low air. She tends to find ways to be patient, trust our defense, and, and if it takes two or three swings to get a kill, she's okay doing that. And uh, so we've had some good success with her, but I definitely would like to be a little more balanced. I just think the, the way the match developed, we weren't able to do that. Um, but she's she's been great for us. And Molly, in the last month, Molly's played the best volleyball of her life, and and really has helped us take a big step in this uh, you know later part of the Big Ten in the postseason because she's just been so so good for us. And she is a high kill kid. I mean, she can get going, and, and she can get a big number of kills in a small number of sets, um, which is helpful for us a lot.
2: Looking at that in that Louisville match, I mean, eight and a half blocks for your side, which looks like a, a good number, but then seventeen for Louisville, which makes me wonder. How do you emotionally overcome that? That so many times is a is a block for teams. Literally, when you're getting blocked that much, you tend to get down. But your squad did not.
8: Well, maybe, maybe it's experience. We uh, <laughs> we've been blocked probably more than we'd like to, in a lot of times this year. And um, yeah, I didn't really. It's funny because we didn't really feel it during the match. I saw that stat at the end too, and I, I knew we got out blocked, but I, I didn't realize by that big a number. But uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're, you know we're trying to find kills, and they're a pretty physical team, and. Um, you know, I think it, our hitters at times, uh, you know, got a little overpowered by the block. But, but in the end, you know, that's, uh, that's only a 10-point separation of points. There's a lot of other things that factored in probably more points than that.
2: Who's the best conference in the nation? I think this is something that gets talked about uh, a little bit, but maybe not enough. Pac-12 gets a lot of credit, and you guys uh, over in the Big Ten beat each other up like crazy. Uh, we know the, the big 12 is is good at the top but maybe not good through but if it came down to a debate between you guys and the Pac 12 where do you think it, it lands
8: well it's a tough debate you know and it's one of those that always incites uh some some pretty good argument from each side of the of the uh, country and the continent but uh yeah you know, i I think the big 10 is a great conference we have uh i think that strength in the big 10 has been just the top to bottom i mean it's it's crazy you know this year we we were playing pretty well and uh, we had, you know, win against Nebraska, win against Minnesota, and then we go on the road and play Illinois, who people would look on paper and think they had a tough year, but Illinois is legit. I mean, they're good, and uh, and they took it to us pretty good, and we played Northwestern, who, again, people maybe wouldn't look at and, and say that they're great by their record, but on any given night they can play some really, really good volleyball. So we lose, you know, two in a row, and then we come back and finish up with good wins over Michigan State and, and Ohio State. It's just the top-to-bottom part of it. it's really tough. It's a grind. Um, I think the Pac-12 certainly has an argument for the same thing but um, you know we don't see them every day so it's kind of hard to compare for me I I just uh, I just know what our conference is like and I can't imagine there's a, there's another conference out there that has as much top to bottom depth and you know certainly I think you look at the big at the you know the NCAA tournament now with six teams still in in the uh in the sweet 16 for our conference speaks well for how good our teams are and and uh how much certainly respect I think that that, that,
2: that our conference deserves I did a lot of Pac-12 volleyball this past year, and we spent some time talking about some of the teams that were in the bottom half of that conference and the struggles that they were going through if you're an ASU or an Arizona, and the, the problems of just losing so many close matches. I mean, you guys this year were 11-9 and nine in conference, so nearly 500, but it, it at times can seem like a struggle for the kids, and how do you let your kids know, or are they really aware that it's a struggle where they're at, but they're struggling in the top five percent of the volleyball world and that that they are playing in such a difficult conference and that's why these matches are so hard
8: yeah that's there's no question as a coach that's one of the biggest challenges I remember my first year here at Michigan and and, uh, the conference wasn't nearly as strong back then but it was still pretty darn good and I just remember watching videotape on our team and and looking at stats and numbers going man I, I think we're a lot better you know in the last half of the season than we were in the first half and yet now instead of losing in three we're losing in five and uh And there's no solace for the kids; they're still frustrated they they want to win and it's um it's just a it's it is a challenge as a coach, but I think that's something that our players understand coming in and they they respect the teams we play and they understand how good they are, so uh, we try and keep it in perspective but uh it can be really challenging and a great example is, is Illinois this year, who I really have a lot of respect for i mean he's a great coach, but they're a great team they've got some really talented kids, and they had a ton of five step matches that that just didn't go their way. And, you know, one or two of those matches go their way early in the year, and now they get a little confidence, a little momentum. And next thing you know, it's a whole different story. And I think there's a team like that or two or three teams like that every year in our conference that it's just a matter of almost a roll the dice. And uh, as a coach, that's that's certainly challenging. But as the athletes, I think it's even tougher because those those guys are trying to, you know, keep their confidence about them, even though they're playing pretty good volleyball. Well,
2: how about when your conference adds somebody, they just go ahead and add Nebraska? <laughs>
8: So we thought that was funny when they did that. Everybody's like, oh, hey, you know, different different sports in our in our uh, department. And we're like, oh, yeah, they're okay. They're not great. I'm like, oh, that's a great ad for us because we didn't already have Penn State and Illinois and all these other schools. But it's funny now that you're adding, you know, Rutgers and Maryland and there's like our field hockey team's freaking out because those are two really good field hockey programs. Our women's basketball team, same thing. Um, but in volleyball, they're not quite as powerful. So it's it's always interesting when you add teams and what are they going to bring to the conference.
2: Yeah, and I wonder when it's going to stop being the Big Ten and start being like the Big Twenty. When are they going to change the name? How many? Companies- I think with
8: us, there's no question they'll never change the name. You know, it's been interesting for me being. A, you know, I grew up as a Pac-10 guy and a West Coast guy, and I really struggled with. I still struggle with the, with the words Pac-12 rolling off my tongue. Um, and so I think the Big Ten has really kept the mantra that. Uh, and we're going to keep the name, though we we changed the demographic a little bit. If you look at the logo, too, it's funny. The old logo was 12 teams, but it was, or I mean, 11 teams, but it was the Big Ten, and they had a little subliminal 11. This last one, I never noticed it, but if you look at the Big Ten logo now that looks like the word big, it also could be B16. So, you know, a little subliminal there. I'm not sure if we're still going to, you know, we might still be growing.
5: Hey, uh, Mark Rosen, Jay Hossack here from Penn State. Uh, you know, we don't have a a natural rival, uh, you know, just just for whatever reason. And growing up in Southern California, we always heard about the Stanford Cal and the USC, UCLA and the Washington, Washington State and, and all those. Can you talk to me about this rivalry with Michigan State and, and what's coming up here in the future? How, how do you either, A, contain those kids because the rivalry is so big and because there's going to be so much energy, or B, how do you rise them to the level of the occasion here? So So talk a little bit about that if you could.
8: Well, it's funny you talk about Penn State not having a natural rivalry. In volleyball, it would help if they'd lose a few more matches. That might help the rivalry situation. But, uh, they, um, you know, I think it is a big match with us in Michigan State. And, you know, I think here in Michigan we have big, really two big rivals, with Ohio State being the one that's more of a campus-wide rivalry with uh, – you know, with the football being the kind of roots of it, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty steeped in tradition. And then the Michigan State rivalry, and I think Michigan State one is has always been a little bit tougher one because it's 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 just that in-state rivalry where the schools are very philosophically different, and there's uh you know it's just a lot of people that on both sides of the fence probably that really just dislike each other. Um, I've always tried as a coach to stay out of that to some degree. I you know I don't I don't hate anybody. I just want to win, and so I don't try and take it too personally, and I try and make our teams. Um, kind of have that same philosophy where, you know, we're just going to play volleyball, and we want to beat everybody, whether there's somebody we don't like or like or whatever. that's irrelevant. But it is a big challenge. You know, we played them early in the year at our place, and we lost a, you know, we we played, I thought, poorly, and they played great, and they killed us. Then we went to their place, you know, 10 days ago, and it was almost the exact reverse. I think we played very well, and I know they probably felt like they struggled. So this next one's going to be interesting because I think we're both playing very well right now, and it could just be an absolute slugfest, um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. The one thing we've talked a little bit about, though, with the NCAA tournament on the line is it's a little, to me, it's a little less of a rivalry match because we're playing on a neutral site. You know, we're not going to have their crowd. We're not going to have our crowd. Um, and there's really more on the line than just, uh, you know, we, we play for a state pride flag or or those kind of rivalry things. This is for, you know, advancing the NCAA tournament. And they're, uh, they're somebody that they're in our way and we're in their way. And, and really it's going to be more about that because we both want to advance than it is about any kind of uh, traditional rivalry or geographical rivalry.
2: Okay, so the away winner in both, as you mentioned and 10 days ago, you defeated them 3-0 at their place, and it's on a neutral site. You are 7-0 and this year on a neutral site. Seemed like a lot of things in your favor. How do you plan to attack their team?
8: Well, I hate to point out the obvious, but I think they're probably whatever and 0 on neutral sites too, so that's a, it's going to be an interesting showdown. Um, you know, I think we, again, we know them pretty well, and I think they know us very well. So we, we have a very good, I think, game plan going in. But at the same time, um, you know, we know they do, too. And so I think that it's going to be an interesting scout as we get closer to to Friday to to make sure we're really prepared. And what I'm a little not concerned about, I want to make sure we're cautious of is not overlooking the fact that, you know, we beat them at their place recently, but it's a different day. And we can't count on the things that worked for us there to work again because I'm sure they felt like they didn't play very well and they're going to make some adjustments. So, I think we'll go with a good game plan, but I think you always have to be ready to adjust and, and make uh you know changes as you go. And certainly I'm not gonna give up any of that game plan because I'm sure they're probably listening to this podcast as well.
2: Well, we, we tried to get Kathy George to come on after you so we could hear from both of you in this one, but they're in the middle of practice and yeah, we don't want to know if you're gonna set the left in row five, but we wanna know kind of what you know about them and how you would describe them as an
7: opponent.
8: Well, they're a very good blocking team. Blocking's a big priority for them defensively. They uh, they do commit block quite a bit. They make decisions on where they want to go, uh, you know, early in the in the rally, um, and that's something we need to be aware of. And, and sometimes it's okay to set in the commit if we feel like it's still the best choice for us, but there's many times where we need to try and work against their commit. Uh, I, I think if we can do anything possible to keep the ball away from their libero, Corey Moster would be great because she's really, really good. And if you watch the UCLA match, she was great in that one, but she did the same thing to us. I felt like in our, our matchup at their place, we couldn't get a kill on the left side of the court. So, you know, that's something we've got to try and maybe be aware of that that might not be the best place to go if we, if we have an option. Um, you know, They're a very good serving team. Uh, I think uh, Laura Wazinski's serve, which is kind of a hybrid between it's a, it's a floater, jump floater, but, boy, she gets a little bit of spin on it and she hits it 100 miles an hour. Um, that's a dangerous serve, and so we've got to be ready to make sure we, we try and side out well against her because she can get on a run at any given time. So, you know, those are just some little things we got to make sure we're ready for. But a lot of it comes down to the emotional side of it, too, that we, we stay in the moment and, we, you know, we allow ourselves to, you know, when we struggle or we have bad points, let them go and move on to the next point. Because in those rivalry matches, sometimes the momentum can be a huge factor.
2: We mentioned before you were in the Elite Eight in 2009. What would getting to a Final Four mean for your program? What would be the implications
8: well, I think for any program, it's it's huge. Even programs that have been there before, it's it's always a giant accomplishment to get to that Final Four and and be in that elite elite group. It's certainly been our goal since the the day we came to the University of Michigan. You know, that's this is a place where you you uh, have expectations of competing for championships both in the conference and and in the NCA's. And so, it's it's something we've been really trying to work toward. And um, but we're you know we're only two games away from it, but those are a long ways away. It's it's two tough games, and so. It's something that we certainly have always kept in the back of our mind as our goal, but at the same time, we know we have to play you know, one, one game at a time, and right now, Friday is the important one, and you know, as soon as that's done, then we, we can move on to Saturday and, and, and hopefully still be playing, and then from there, you know, go to that next step. And I think the last time that we went to the Elite Eight and, and beat Stanford to get to the Elite Eight and then lost to closer to Hawaii, it was interesting walking into the arena. You know, we had a couple All-Americans, so we had to go to the NCAA, or the ABCA convention for those All-Americans. We, we four of us walked into the arena before the semifinal game. And it was the first time I really sensed that myself as well as our players were just pissed we weren't there. And I thought that was a great feeling. You know, I was really proud to, to have that feeling and to have my players have that feeling because they felt like, hey, this is this is realistic. We could do this. And so I think our team is in that same state now that we know we're in a position where we could possibly do it, but we've got a lot of work to do.
2: And a lot we're talking to head coach of Michigan, Mark Rosen. And, Coach, you mentioned that other matchup on the other side. Iowa State and Stanford are playing one another for the right to go to the Elite Eight, and you had that victory in 2009 over Stanford. Give us a, a little bit of what you think about that matchup between Ohio State or Iowa State, pardon me, and Stanford. We know that you're thinking about your match, but there's always a little bit of advanced scouting going on.
8: Yeah, we've only because it's only Monday and we just started getting video last night. We've only started to look at them briefly. Um, so I don't really, honestly, know much about them. Um, I do know they're, you know, two great programs and two great coaching staff, So I know they'll be really well prepared, and, and they're going to battle, I'm sure, on on Friday night. But uh, yeah, I think psychologically, I don't think there's any question. Our our team likes the draw of having to, to go through Stanford, um, and not because we don't respect them. They're they're a great team and a great program. But we've had some success over the last, you know, two or three years against them in the NCAA tournament. And so if our players Psyche. That's certainly not a bad thing. Um, they're a different team this year. I mean, they've got some tremendous freshmen that are making tremendous impact. And I've heard, I've talked to a few friends that have seen them play quite a few times over, you know, out on the West Coast, and they they seem like they're a totally different team as far as just charisma and, and you know, kind of fight from last from the last few years. So um, I don't think they're an easy out by any means. But I think in our team's mind, at least, it's a team that they feel like they've had some success over. Versus, you know, you play at Penn State and. You know, nobody in the Big Ten's had very much success against them, and so, uh, you know, that's not a really fun draw. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see. But, again, we got to get past Friday night to have any chance to even think about that. But, uh, but I do think it's, you know, it's a draw that at this point you feel like, hey, you know, we, we should go in there expecting to be successful.
2: Coach, thanks very much for making time out of your busy schedule. I know that uh, you didn't take any time off yesterday. I wrote down here, took Sunday off when you, when you didn't know much about Stanford. But I know you guys are are working as hard as you can here to advance to the next round, and uh, we sure appreciate you taking a little time here to join us.
8: No, I appreciate what you do for volleyball, too. It's great to have a a voice out there, and I I hear lots of great things about the show, and I know it's a great forum for for our sport, so I appreciate it.
2: Hey, make it to the Final Four. We'd love to talk to you in person. Are you going to be at convention? Absolutely.
8: i love that honor.
2: All right, Mark Rosen, head coach of Michigan. He's 25-11. and His team is in the Sweet 16. They will be taking on interstate rival Michigan State coming up this week. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, Mark Rosen. Good times. I gotta fill. I gotta refill out my bracket now. I like Mark Rosen. I gotta maybe pick him to go all the way. Final four. That's it. That's it. Jim Moore, you're out. Oregon, no more. Michigan's going. Big blue. Oh man! (laughs) Big pull right there. I love it. Now he's good. I, I Mark always has good information. And Jay, you wrote it down when I asked him that question about success and getting to a Final Four. I, but I think even it applies to where he's at right now. Uh, opportunity, second opportunity to be in the Elite Eight in three years. You wrote down the words job security. Uh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, Mark, if you're still listening, I by no means think
5: that you're in the hot seat. Uh, <laughs> there is uh, a large, large number every year uh, of coaches who the carousel just keeps rolling and rolling. And Yeah, because Dan
2: Fisher's looking for someone. <laughs>
5: I I don't know dance looking per se, but but there are lots that do, and and for a number of reasons, there's there are coaches that maybe want to take the next step up or get an opportunity to bounce up. There are assistant coaches that are becoming head coaches. There are also. Head Coaches that get fired, and their staffs get let go as well and so this this almost sick carousel of coaching uh, job opportunities rolls around about this time every year and if you 're if you 're a volley talker and you look on the job throughout on the women 's side i mean it's it 's endless, and the pages i I think last year it was almost like one hundred and ninety pages worth. Of communications back and forth about who this job is and this one opened up and why did this person get let go and it's it's really, really sad. So I write job security because you know you make it to an elite eight and then a few short years later you make it back to the final four if you do and 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 by all means good luck to you. That is huge for your for your. You know your well-being your peace of mind because yeah. your ad is not looking at you going Why are we not being successful and when you're at a school for those of you out there that are coaches looking to bounce up? And you always say god I'd love to be at Stanford. or I'd love to be at you know Penn State or I'd love to be at this school When you're at a big-time program You're not there to just make sure that the kids graduate you're there to win and don't fool yourselves and think that It's a feel-good moment you you get to that job level you're making that kind of a money there is no way that your AD is going to be happy that you don't make it to the big dance. And there's no way that your AD is going to be happy if you don't get somewhere every few years where there's some excitement going on on your campus. That's how it rolls. And that's why you see now a large number of coaches that maybe over the years have been successful are now starting to go down to the D2, the D3, the NAIA, because there isn't as much pressure. And so that job, as great as it is, you're not winning.
2: You're sleeping a lot less every single night. So That's better than my quote about not winning. Uh, 191 pages on Volley Talk. That probably equals about 20 of actual information. <laughs> and,
8: 171
2: pages of mindless dribble and complete misinformation, 20 of actual information. There are people on there with real info, but well, you got to sort it. Yeah, I I... I...
1: Personally. Like any
5: chat board, not just volleyball. Exactly, and and we are a, a nation and a society that hides behind you know the, these uh, keyboard warriors, these buddy. names, and it's it's so sad. You know, keyboard it, warriors. Some people some people have have come out and, and say who they are on there, and I, and I applaud them for that. It's
2: just it's a gnarly situation to see some of the things that are said. It's tough. No, I'm just I'm I'm kidding about volleyball. We kid about them all the time. And the trolls that exist on there, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's a good place for a, a lot of discussion, a lot of information, and honestly, we need more of that uh, going on in the world of volleyball, that's for sure. I, I would agree. We don't need less. Uh, we, need, we need better info sometimes, folks posting stuff they have no idea about. Oh, I heard from my second brother's best friend who repaired the car of the coach at yeah. uh, the uh, Sugar Bears, that he's out. <laughs> The sugar breast.
5: Well, my favorite is the the person who has the, the one post or two posts and claims to be in the know and uh, in just, the know and just got in there because you know they wanted to clear the air
2: about something. Yeah, nice job, one post guy. As soon as you type in the know, you have sacrificed any credibility. It's all <laughs> it's all gone. I mean, it's just
5: it's a blatant giveaway. You know what we need, and next time Geeter is in studio, maybe and I'll I mean oh post so that will be him. February. Here, here's what we need. Do you remember Jin Rome? When he did softball guy,
2: no. <laughs> we,
5: for those of you out there that know what I'm talking about, Jim Rome, sportscaster, went to UC Santa Barbara, by the way, a gaucho.
2: Gaucho. He does is his show. Is that why
5: he's so angry? And he does rants every once in a while. He did a rant once years ago. Once in a ago. while. Call, yeah, called softball
2: guy. I suggest you
5: it's, YouTube it. It
2: is hilarious. So what we need. It's like saying occasionally I say something a little bit <laughs> of a problem in this show. Occasionally, Jim Rome goes on a rant. <laughs> yeah. We need Geeter to do a rant about volley talkers.
5: That's what we need. We need it written. We, we down.
2: got a little rant out of him last week when he was here because we were having a similar discussion to what you and I were having about the critical analysis of our sport and the need for it and the lack of it. Yes. From a lot of folks. Yes. And the question I wanted to ask is something we got into just before we got back on air: is that it's a small community. Yep. And so a lot of times you have folks in positions that need another job, or are a coach, or they, they have multiple roles in the community, and so they can't really be honest or i guess direct maybe about their feelings of what should be done or how the game ought to be played or what decisions should have been made and not and second guessing people second guessing or or giving critical analysis to the game and that in my opinion has to happen we have to have if we're going to be a legitimate sport we have to have critical analysis of what's happening with with credit for success but also Not blame for failure, but honesty about why things didn't go the way that that team or individual had hoped. Well, and Jeremy, if you were going to say
5: something, I apologize. Here's the reason why they don't. And this is my own theory. Here's why when you're watching a match, let's say you were watching a Pac-12 match, and you've got two announcers, and the one wants to start talking about strategies, and and, and, and we talked about this. I want to overload. They want to overload the left side and and you know run the run the gap, run the go, and and run the you know isolate the red. At that moment, you start to go over the head of the average viewer.
2: I don't, but I don't think that's ever been pulled back by Pac-12. I, I, Eater was saying that last week, but I, I've never had a producer in Pac-12 pull me back from the brink of volleyball specific stuff oh i I
5: wish i and and let's be honest also the average viewer of volleyball probably knows a little bit about volleyball it's not a sport that you're just flipping through the channels on saturday that was my point
0: thought it out yeah
5: Yeah. and and you're and you're going oh it's a volleyball match i think i'll stay and watch this for a little bit no you're you're probably a fan you're probably an ex-player
0: you know maybe a coach
5: you know the sport so i agree that's why i wish they would but here's the other reason why they will and uh you had mick haley uh on here a while back and when you ask questions uh, to Mick, he goes right to the heart of the reason why something is happening. And the reason he can do that is because he does not care he's about He's beholden himself. to no one. Exactly. Nobody is looking at him saying, uh, you know, well, we would hire this guy, but he's just – he's too forward. He's too brash.
2: No, no, no. He's got you know, job security. You know, the other thing is I think some of the folks that are being asked these questions themselves are a little bit agitated when they get criticized, and so they don't dish it out. Good point. Because – they can't handle it when it's said about them. It's a good point, uh, and and it's not to be malicious. I'm not looking for more maliciousness in the sport. What I'm looking for is honest critiques of what's happening. And people accuse me of being too negative. Well, okay, you can go the other way. That's fine, but we cannot have teams that are losing or teams that were supposed to win that lose that were doing a great job.
5: <laughs> 'Cause if they were doing everybody was doing a great job, everybody
2: would win. Well let's look at the women's national team. Okay. In the Olympics. Okay. In the finals against Brazil. Yep. Best team in the tournament. Yep. They did not win the pivotal match. They made a lot of mistakes, sets two, three, and four of that final. Especially after watching the first game
5: you, you see the absolute domination by the US women.
2: Or watching them through the entire tournament. Sure. And watching the way they played and reacted to different situations. Sure, I mean that's it, it's a whole lot of that stuff. And, and it, look, they did not play well for three sets. Yeah. Now, if you say that, immediately there are people, some inside and some outside, saying, "Oh, you just don't care. You devalue them. You're so negative." But no, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the truth.
0: And you're saying what everybody's watching, anyways.
2: Well, you and- sucked in three sets. You, yeah. you guys, you guys blew up somehow. And I don't know how. And, and they don't either. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with that particular situation is they don't know either. It was a very weird situation. In four years of watching that team, I had never seen those looks. I had never seen it. the team dynamic function that way. You have Hugh on the sidelines. Hugh was a little bit out of character, I think trying to kick, kick his team back into character. And it, it just didn't happen. It was a very weird situation and to not talk about it, to not address it, to not call it what it was, which is an unbelievable aberration, an unbelievable uh, change in character and collapse at the moment that of the coronation, basically. What should have happened should have been a coronation of that program and those people, uh, should be addressed honestly and talked about. Does
5: Does part of that come into play where uh you are a representative of not only your team but of USA volleyball and what a coach and we'll use Hugh as the example and by no means am I am I an insider on this thing but let's let's use him as the example does Hugh have an obligation to his boss to be positive at all times because USA volleyball ha- has hired people no he has an obligation to be honest yeah he has an obligation and I think to be honest Hugh is. but i don't think i don't think you're going to get the brutal honesty to the public because the public does not – they can't handle that. The public can't handle chastising people because they feel that it's putting people down. There is – regardless of the intent of the direction, regardless of the reality of what really happened, the public can't handle that kind of stuff. It comes off as choppy and negative and without any kind of uh, of educated background, and that's what people don't want to hear.
0: Do you think there's a difference between men and women? Like do you criticize women less?
2: I don't know, in our in our sport, yeah. I don't know. I I can't speak to that. I'm not sure. I don't think that matters to you. Uh, offhand, I mean, without really getting into it, offhand, I don't think there's any, been any difference in our sport. I think our sport has been incredibly positive. One of the reasons is that there's there's a feeling that if you're negative about the sport, you're somehow not promoting it. And also, there's so much intertwined, so many intertwined relationships because it is such a small community, especially at the international level. Um, and even at the, the women's collegiate level, at the elite top of that, it's such an intertwined community that people have a hard time just being critical uh, because folks will take it the wrong way. Don't you need because the... you, you need a job or you'll need that person or, or, or whatever? And I and I don't say I want people to be malicious and fight with each other. Sure, sure. I just want an honest critique of hey, this wasn't a good play. This wasn't a good match. You didn't do a good job. You didn't prepare properly. And, then, and don't say oh they prepared properly. They did everything right and they still lost. How would that happen?
0: Well, in other aspects of your life, don't you need to be critical to get better?
2: Sure. Wouldn't that work
0: in don't, this situation too?
5: Don't don't all – I'll just use the word champions as being people that win. Don't all people that are champions look back on their careers and say that the biggest lessons were learned from losses? They weren't learned from winning. Right. They were learned from losses. And having an honest critique of why – and being able to make those changes is the reason why they got better. And I, and I would, I, I think anybody would agree with
0: that. And I think right. that's what you're saying is that it's not – I'm not trying to crush you. I just want to be sure. – I'm critiquing what I'm seeing and letting everybody know why things happen the way they did.
2: And some people get a little sensitive because they get so used to success that when they do have failure and people talk about it, then all of a sudden I'm not being treated the same way I was treated in the past. I, I'm, I'm just too used to being idolized. And I can't handle any sort of criticism. Well, and now let's take this
5: to full circle because here's where I think that the, the crust is. If you're a coach that's been in the game for 20 years and you've got somebody that walks into your gym and in five minutes is looking at you going, hey, how come you're running this? This doesn't make any sense. True. Now, all of a sudden, you as that 20-year veteran <laughs> are going, uh, step away, kid. You bother me. I don't need you in my gym telling me what to do. I've, I've won more in one week than you have your whole life combined. I've actually worked with coaches like that, by the way, where – my opinion was nothing you know, when you've done it as many years as me, uh you'll understand how it should be done and And my response was just because you've done it longer doesn't mean you're doing it better and True. that should be that should be the way that our coaches in the country look at things. It's not, and I think you can run that across the board in any sport. A coach that's been in the game for a long time is not going to allow some punk snot nosed kid come in and give you critiques on what you should be doing when you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Well,
2: first of all, if you're a punk, wipe your nose so you're not the punk snot nose <laughs> kid. I mean, get Kleenex. Uh, no, that, that's true. And you run into that everywhere. It's not just a volleyball problem. Yes. That's a, a society problem. But it, there's, there's somewhere where the rubber meets the road, where you have someone who's been on top for a very long time, or a coach, player, administrator, professional, lawyer, whatever. And you have someone of... Perhaps 10 years experience, a third of their experience, but the world has changed. The paradigm has changed or there's different needs to the system nowadays. and, And that person has the amount of experience that actually is better than that other person who's been there longer. I mean, there's somewhere where those meet. It's it's not the guy who walked in the gym was there for five minutes, but maybe there's a coach who's been there 25 years and there's a coach who's coached 10 years. And then you have a bit more of an equals argument that I don't think you have to have 25 years each to have an equals argument. Does that
5: make any sense? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Okay. I, but I think the respect
5: between the two coaches, if there's that discussion has to be there. And I think, I think there's a lot of respect amongst the old school coaches that have been around the game with each other for a long time, and I think there's a new school of coaches coming up through the ranks that also have that mutual respect for each other going up.
2: Yeah, there's always that generational conflict. but I mean, I I think, look, I put stuff out there on, on individuals, on players, on teams, and that kind of stuff. It's my opinion. And my opinion is worth whatever it's worth. It's just my experience and my opinion. Sure. And if you don't like it, I'm okay with that. Just tell me where I'm wrong. If I'm completely wrong, if I screwed up a stat or someone's presence, I'll own that. That's no problem. But otherwise, if you just don't like it, that's different. You may not like my opinion. You may not like that I think you're not performing to your potential. You may not like, because I've said that about some international players, you're not performing to your potential. And for me, with the national teams in particular, I care. I <laughs> care. I care about that program. I care about that legacy. I'm not looking to rejoin or compare to me. No, I care. I want to see that program have success. And if you're out there doing things that are counter to the success of that program, or you as a de- as a developing player, then I'm damn well going to call you on it. Yeah, you get have your ass out interest. of the bar. Yeah, and get your ass to bed so that you're ready for practice on Monday. Practice because you have you have these eight years or these four years or these. Maybe 12, if you're really lucky, 12 years, to be on this team and to focus and play. Drink the rest of your life. Play now. Play now. Help yourself. Help the team. And I know it's hard to do. I know. Believe me. I, I was there. But you have to be okay with your choices. If your choice is the party and someone says, what are you doing? That was your choice. You can't then rage against the person. It's not the person. It's you who made that choice. To not live up to your potential. And sometimes these kids are not playing to their potential. And sometimes they are. And I'll give it to you on both sides.
0: Look, if I turn into an indoor match that I don't know indoor volleyball as well as I know beach, and I'm watching Penn State smash Binghamton, and they get three points, why are they only getting three points? Like, I would need to, like, you explain to me why they're getting smashed and being critical of them. I think is okay, because if I'm a new person watching the sport, that's educating me a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. you know, yeah. Like sure. it's watching football, Romo throws an incomplete pass, the receiver went one way, he threw the pass the other. It's like, oh, did the quarterback suck and he just threw it away?
2: Who no. didn't make the adjustments? Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: So you tell somebody that, they learn as opposed to being like, oh, they just suck. That was
2: Binghamton did not make the right adjustments in set number two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
5: you know, It's kind of like that time, time. when we were at the North SACAS, Jeremy, where it was you and I, yeah. and you were saying, hey, I don't understand why this is happening. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. Now, the challenge is, I, I may not know what the coach's intentions are. We both of know this, this game is so organic. There's just there's, – you could tell a kid all day long, hey, we're going to commit with the middle here, but all of a sudden the pass isn't good, and then yeah. now we're back in square one where we're kind of guessing what we should do. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, when the final four comes around and, and, and we're all in Louisville, 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 whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, and, and there's an opportunity, let's do it. Let's, let's try yeah. to be – a coach's corner type situation where we have somebody like yourself, Kevin, and, and someone like myself and Jeremy where there's there's some real dialogue going on here where we see something going on and we say, hey, I, I'm not seeing this and I want to see this more often. Let's see where it goes because it would be interesting to see what the response
2: is. You to, could create a whole new media. We need to switch topics, but there needs to be a note first, <laughs> you characters did you get a email? I have 21 emails in my inbox.
3: <laughs>
2: the entire yeah. page, well the entire done. page yeah. of my iPad reads Facebook. <laughs> yeah, because you put up that picture.
0: My phone is blowing up cuz it notifies me every time somebody <laughs> leaves a comment.
2: Good. Ah. Gracious. You're welcome, Kevin. Well done people, well done. Let's get on to our next You're guest. Welcome. We're already running late. Sheesh. This is There's the music we know. We're going to bring in the men that we know for the segment that you know. Facebook all around. <laughs> I almost swore at you because, you know, it is The Net Live. Robbie we, we can do that. checking in on the Facebook page. <laughs> Each week, The Net Live is proud to present the best of what was and a preview of what will be in the world of collegiate volleyball. We do so in association with the American Volleyball Coaches Association. And this is College of Volleyball Weekly. We're glad to bring in our normal correspondents. I think we have our two normal guys, at least. What's up there? 605, 615, 310, 310? 310 and a 510. That one scares me. No, 510 is not the right. Is that Rosen still hanging on Maybe there? Maybe it's Dan Fisher again. This <laughs> 310.
0: But there's 510. I don't know if that one...
2: Quick, look up the area code for me. But bring in uh, Mike Sondheimer anyway. Sloppiest intro ever, but today it is. Mike Sondheimer. Yes. All right. I, I listen, I know... Hello, I know, I know uh, we, we appreciate you calling in. First of all, thank you for calling in. I know wearing a arm band today around the campus uh, must have interfered with your, your call in and, and I expect your mood to be somber.
9: Yes, uh, very much so. Everything they could have lost this weekend lost in my world, so yes.
2: Bay Area. Oh, it's Ben Bodipo Memba. That's who's calling. We'll ha- we'll get to Ben Bodipo in just a little bit. Uh but Sandy, first of all,
5: we text Rosendahl. You got Rosenthal's number? I you know what? I think I do, I'll see.
2: Okay. He's so, gonna be in Louisville Louisville morning. This uh this first round, I mean, there were, there were a couple of surprises in the first round, but I felt like the second round was a little more surprising than the first.
9: I felt like both. The, th- the nice thing is there was great parity. There's a lot of super matches that went to the end, and I think <clears throat> 12 of the Cs still advanced. There's still the advantage of playing at home, but it's, gonna be a, it's a competitive tournament, and it showed that, too.
2: What do you think about Michigan-Michigan State? Uh, We're not going to be able to... to 2,000
9: miles to to play that rematch? What's interesting about that is that Michigan State beat Michigan on Michigan's home court in the regular season, and and Michigan beat Michigan State on Michigan State's home court in the regular season. So now they play the rubber match. In uh, Berkeley. And they're both really, really talented teams. Michigan State played absolutely great on Saturday to beat UCLA. Kathy George's team had a super game plan and won a tight second game and executed it and won a tight fourth game and give them a lot of credit. The thing that really has helped a lot of teams in college volleyball this year and a big thing to look at in the next couple of weeks is the 6-2 offense with the 15 subs. You've got teams around a 6-2 offense like a Washington, Michigan State, teams like that, even Stanford's put a lot of 6-2, and it's really helped them with the extra subs to I think really use those extra players, extra specialists, to improve their blocking, improve their front court play. And whereas a team like Penn State has primarily used the subs to take out people and use it for passing and defense. And it's varied by the sport. But I think that's really the big thing for this year to look at.
2: Yeah, and you can hide freshmen.
9: Yeah.
5: Yeah, you, with the with the unlimited subs. You know, it's kinda like the, the six man where you have the tall guys in the front and the small guys in the back at all times. Hey Sonny, you know, this is probably gonna be the first time that the, uh, uh, the, well, actually, I don't want to say the first time, but Michigan playing against Stanford or Michigan State to one of those, they're going to almost be a home crowd advantage because Stanford playing at Berkeley is not going to be a friendly crowd.
9: I think you're totally 100% off. Really, I think I think nobody from Cal will go to the match because it's it's and Stanford will have a tremendous amount of people drive across the bay. They've had they're having a great athletic year, and I think three teams in the Midwest, counting Iowa State, that Stanford will have a decided home court advantage, which you can watch on TV on ESPNU on on Friday and Saturday.
5: I think you underestimate the Cal Bears, my friend. I've lived in Northern California, and trust me, they will take any opportunity to slam the other team. In fact, I think uh, the Cal. Website or the actually, yeah, the Cal website years ago was beat Stanford, and that was the, I know.
9: Well, the biggest problem is they have to pay to get in. I can't see Bears paying to get in to watch the Cardinal play. Well, first of
2: all, Bears don't have any pockets, there, there that's might, right.
9: There some fans of me, <laughs> yes, we understand. <laughs> but I, no, I think, I mean, I'm, realistically, Stanford's got a side advantage. Penn State will have a side advantage if Minnesota beats Purdue, which is going to be a great match since Purdue upset Florida State. I think Texas has a side advantage, but SC it plays very well on the road, so that would be a great matchup if they get there. And I think Nebraska at Omaha has a great advantage, too. What's interesting, though, is the Jim McLaughlin versus John Cook battle, which is uh, kind legendary with the handshake and everything else. could be a lot of fun on Friday. That Scorpions
7: ball. in a box.
2: That ball was in. That ball was in. All
9: right.
2: <laughs> California State, because Wichita State, they're a, a nice little program. They've had a great year. They came in 22-9, and nine, good year, beat Arkansas, then defeated Kansas uh, 3-1. And, and this is nothing to sneeze at.
9: No, I mean, the, the, you have to look at how solid the Missouri Valley has been because what you have to go look at is Creighton, which won that league, won its opening match. They won the first game against Minnesota, lost a heartbreaker. They were ahead um, in set three, lost that, and lost in four to Minnesota. Or they could be in the Sweet 16, too. So that that conference is one of the underrated conferences. The one that kind of bombed was the WCC with only BYU advancing. Their six teams are out that they didn't do as well as I thought they might do. But BYU can give Oregon a heck of a battle. I mean, Jennifer Hampson, in my opinion, is the player that people don't know that really is a first-team All-American that could be an Olympian someday, that she's just a tremendous player I think very few people have seen or know about.
5: Does does the only team advancing BYU from the WCC pose a problem for next year with the WCC may not getting that many teams in?
9: Concerned the way the committee operates, No. I think what you're looking at is whoever the best teams are from the best conferences, because then you go to the Big Ten, only got seven, and six of their seven are still playing in the regionals. And Ohio State gave Kentucky a heck of a battle before losing.
5: Exactly. So my point being, does the Pac-12 not get, or does the Big Ten not get a couple more in, and the w- co the WCC, maybe lose a couple? Or I, I, I
9: think that. The, the, the conference has got to improve is the Big West. I think WCC benefited because Long Beach wasn't very strong, Santa Barbara, UOP, San Luis Obispo. There really wasn't teams to push them, so I think that they did it. And then the Pac-12, a um, couple teams didn't, you know, beat those teams. They had to beat. I think it gave, gave conference strength as USF beat Cal, things like that.
5: And on the head, the Big West does need to get more than one team in. It's been that way for a while, where it's one and maybe two, but that right thinking up a couple of matches. and and. Jeff Sports credit Northridge did a nice job this year. Yeah, he did a
9: nice job at Northridge. Should credit him too. But I mean, you look at nationally, and it's it's a national game. You look at you look at the teams that, and everybody has national players. There's nobody just with the team concentrated just from their own area. They might have some from the region, but you know people stretch out from all over now. And even look look at Stanford. The Stanford starting lineup, they got a player from Oklahoma. They have a player from Florida in their starting lineup. You know, they have a player from North Carolina in their starting lineup. So I mean, it just it varies now all over. The top schools recruit at every place and. And the schools there in the middle level trying to get to the top. They're recruiting every place.
2: Congratulations to Chris Lamb at Wichita State, their first oh, ever. They've done a great job. We've uh, we've met him quite a few times down there. RJ Arabella or, uh, pardon me, Abella down there. Uh big supporters of USA volleyball, the national teams. World League been played there a couple times at Wichita State. The Shockers. The Shockers. The Shockers. Look at look at this guy. Look at this guy. You like that logo, Jake? It kind of looks like you with some extra that, hair. That is awesome. Now, if it's
9: FC Texas, does McGee do the pep talk to try to beat the Trojans after what happened last time? USC and Texas played to get to the NCAA semis.
2: Well, I, recall- I know McGee waits. I know he's got. I know he's got. I know
9: he's got, a, know he's got pep talk when they get to the NCAA semis or finals. But maybe they need it in the regionals this time.
2: All right, let's bring in. Let's bring in Rosenthal because he's online finally. We're not sure what happened to him before, but he's back.
7: I was I was away on business. I was on uh, doing a uh, a all region conference call that was a marathon, three and a half hours. Three and a half hours? Three and a half hours. Yeah, wow. I know. I I never heard of that before, and and now that I've done one, wow, brutal. <laughs> all right,
2: give me, uh, Rosal, I wanted to ask you about Kentucky and Penn State because that's the matchup. Uh, That's going to happen in West Lafayette in that round. And does Kentucky have a shot?
7: Uh, They do if – they're they're balanced enough that's what i should say. They're balanced enough to have a shot and they've got great right-side play out of Whitney and Billings. Uh they've got good outside hitters, solid middle work and then their defense is it, defense and serve receive is definitely there. You know, uh i think it's going to have to be what's happened with Kentucky over the past probably 2 or 3 months here is one of the outside hitters didn't perform well uh you know so it's kind of like everybody's going to have to be on but yeah they have what it takes and they have uh the personnel to do it uh i'm not saying it's going to be easy but they definitely have the stuff okay update on the facebook page i have 34
2: emails in my inbox now thanks a lot guys <laughs> by the way that picture was awesome <laughs> All right, Rose, I'll one more for you. Purdue and Minnesota in, in a matchup there. That one also looks to, on
7: paper to be a really fun one to see. No doubt. Purdue is that team that I told you guys before the tournament, watch out, trying to figure out all year long. But I figured if they could just kind of get going, uh, you know, it, it was going to be tough. Here's what I'll say. Obviously, the, the match is in West Lafayette, in their backyard. Uh so it's going to be a huge Purdue crowd. Um, it will be interesting because their student support is very, very good throughout the year. Um, but I'm going to have to give the nod to Minnesota on this one. Yeah,
5: don't say the word "per don't" around a boilermaker. It will be an awful moment for you.
2: Per don't. I want you to pick these matches here, and I'll start with you, Sandy. and we'll start with Texas, Florida, and Wichita State, USC.
9: I like Texas and USC. I think Florida has some personnel that can give Texas some problems if they give them some if they can serve real tough, but I just think Texas is in a real good groove, and Haley Eckerman's as good as any player in the country right now.
2: Yeah, hey, Eckerman and Webster are unreal. Okay, yeah. a Texas-USC matchup to hit the Final Four.
9: I said last week I still think USC has got a heck of a chance of beating Texas to Texas. I think McHaley will have a really good plan. I think that um, USC has very good ball control. There's nobody else like Natalie Hagelin in the country to dig up the balls to the outside hitters. And USC, if they can run their middle successfully against Texas' big middles, I think USC has got a heck of a chance.
2: All right. Rosenthal, I'm going to have you pick the next bracket because I know Sonny doesn't even want to address the bracket that his Bruins are not in. Michigan State versus Michigan. Iowa State versus Stanford
7: uh- great, great matchup This is what I love about these you know bracketed tournaments is right here, Michigan versus Michigan state uh i'm gonna take Michigan here uh this will be uh a great rivalry match, and uh both teams have been playing well. Michigan has been on fire uh the last two weeks. Uh, The week coming into the tournament, even the week before that, and now obviously uh, having a, a great tournament so far. Stanford is way too tough. And I have them over Iowa State and then Stanford over Michigan. Your bracket looking a lot like mine.
2: Mike, Oregon, BYU, not at BYU. Significant discount for them. Washington at Nebraska.
9: I think the Huskies, if Van Zant can stay healthy, have a heck of a shot at upsetting Nebraska and Omaha and I think that Oregon has a real good shot at beating BYU because they're just real consistent, and I think Washington, Jim McLaughlin, this may be his year to get back to the NCAA semis. I just like what they what they do, and I, and I just think I was I don't know if you heard me earlier, Rosie, but I was talking about the six-two with the fifteen subs. If you have to, if you can really put the right players together, it covers up some holes and gives you a chance to win. I think Washington's got a real shot at that.
7: Okay, yeah, the six-two has really been uh, kind of the story of the year that has not really been covered uh to its due i think that some people have talked about it early on and then it went away this is a story that people have got to investigate more about uh i know as a coach you know with the subs and and things like that it's definitely something that uh i am not a fan never have been never will be but as moving forward i've got to look at it and and make it a a real possibility
9: I think so, and that's, that's the problem. With the subs, it was supposed to give more opportunities, but really what it did is it allowed teams, if they stockpile enough big players that they can and, they can, and they have two setters, they can survive and make it that much better and really not be necessarily the best volleyball than the most physical volleyball.
7: And I'll say this, one last thing on that note. The teams that I've seen running the 6-2, their setters have been okay. You know, yeah. uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're great, I'm not saying that they're bad, but I'm just saying... They're just okay. They don't have to do as much.
2: It's going to be a
7: hot topic for sure. Come convention
2: here in two weeks. So, who picked that last bracket? That was you, Sonheimer. Mean, you had Washington going to the Final Four. All right, Rosenthal, give me the top one: Penn State, Kentucky. Two minutes. Penn State,
7: Kentucky. Uh, I've said it for the past three or four years. Kind of like what we talk about with the New England Patriots and Belichick. You don't pick against Russ Rose. Uh, and maybe that's just because my, that's my nickname. But I think Penn State ends up taking Kentucky. I'm going to call this one in four. Uh, and then <clears throat> down at the bottom, Minnesota-Purdue. Uh, I'll go with Minnesota uh, for another great, you know, uh, matchup to get to the final four. I'll take Penn State in three on that one. Bald guys. Ooh. Half of the bald guys?
2: Yeah. Doesn't Russ Rose... Doesn't Russ Rose
7: oh, Russ Rose has gray hair. Just gray I hair. I like
2: Russ Rose. Yeah. We're talking about
7: it. my fault. All right. No. Yeah. I just take that as a slap against all us bald guys. And first of all, Russ Rose is not in our club. Sorry, Russ. But you got to <laughs> earn that right.
9: Skinner is. is. I don't Only particularly guy. want to be in that club. I'm very happy not being in that club. <laughs> <laughs> if he keeps scaring Barnett, he might be there in the next five years. So.
0: Russ
5: is on the East Coast right now that always has his air conditioner on, even when it's snowing. Inside. His <laughs> office is consistent 40 degrees.
2: Well, I, it's in a club. I don't know if you guys could hear Rosenthal, but it's the bald guy's plaid shirt that uh, Hugh McCutcheon and, and Ren Rosenthal will be in once again this year convention,
7: I'm sure. That's right. Great minds think alike. Sorry. So
2: just to update our, our listeners, uh, both you guys, give us your
7: Rose. I didn't hear what you said that last. I didn't moment, hear what you I said. No. <laughs> you're okay. talking about the Final Four. The final picks for me is uh, you're going to have Penn State versus in my bracket Nebraska, and then uh, <clears throat> Texas versus Stanford I will take Stanford and Penn State for the championship and I will take Penn State as the winner
2: all right going with Rose Mike
9: I have said Penn State and Stanford all along and Stanford John Dunning gets the NCAA title
7: all right I don't know if you guys talked about this but did it, did you mention Penn State want a set 25 to 3 Oh yeah. Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about That's it. That's ridiculous. Redonkulous. Hey,
9: if some if sometime they would ever ship a decent team to Penn State, I would be so excited. For the, and as long as Penn State keeps getting in the tournament and they'll be one of the top seeds again next year since they got basically everybody back, it just would be nice if the NCAA for one year, instead of looking what schools could drive, would actually ship a school to Penn State and let them have to play a tough second-round match. Because you look at the other 15 teams all had to play a much more competitive second-round match.
5: Can, can you no hit, doubt. Can, can anybody on the listening hear that? It's the tiniest violin playing right now for you, Sandy.
7: I know. Now you're just opening it up for the Hawaii fans to call in and join in in this conversation.
9: I don't blame the Hawaii fans at all, and there's a lot of other ones. I mean, I don't even blame the Louisville fans. I mean, having to play Michigan or Tennessee in the second round, that was no cupcake, and obviously they got beat. And even, you know, you look at some of the other ones in, in terms of who teams had to play.
5: I think if you, if you tell me that Ohio State is not a, a formidable team or Florida State. For sure. Per- Minnesota. some of the I, first I, two rounds, though. I, it,
9: yeah. So, we so, went, so, Creighton had a great year to have to do that, and Creighton deserved and Wichita State's in the Sweet 16. Creighton was a team that beat Wichita State.
2: No, but the RPI they went through last year was insane. It was like 162 or, I don't know, whatever the total Boo-hoo. Whatever was. Bad. Boo-hoo. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> thank you very much. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. Sandy, I'll see you in a month.
9: Yes, I don't get to go to Louisville this year. ESPN's not sending me, so I'm out of volleyball So <laughs> for the All rest of the year.
2: Right. All bye,
7: right. gentlemen. Talk to you.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. It, uh, we're going to get back to our brackets, our picks. We're going to finish those off uh, after our next guest, who's been hanging in there faithfully. I would give you his full name, but I cannot physically say it. I cannot memorize it. My powers of memorization have been maxed. I can only give you his first name, Ben. And Everyone knows if you say Big Ben, you know exactly who you're talking about. It's not Roethlisberger, people. It's Ben Podipo Memba from Cal. He's just gone through an unbelievable season up there for the Berkeley Bears. Can't call them that, by the way. They're just Cal Bears. You get, they get upset calling them Berkeley Bears. But they, they suffered through an unimaginable number of injuries at one point. I think they had seven or eight players they could suit up for a match. It was insane. But we want to talk to him as part of the ABCA coaches corner about his experience through a bunch of different programs and how you schedule through a bunch of different programs. Please welcome to the show. I think once again, I think we've had Ben before, Ben Bodipo Memba. Ben. What's going on, boys? Oh, I thought, I thought it was gonna be Dan Fisher again for sure.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Can you guys hear yeah. me all right?
2: We appreciate you calling in and uh first of all let's let's talk about Cal this year. We'll give you a couple minutes on your team. Uh, you guys went through a, a ridiculous set of uh circumstances. Yeah. At one point you had lost uh, three of your best players, then you lost Gihan and you were down to almost nobody, but you guys
7: persevered.
4: Yeah, it was uh obviously the most challenging season I've ever been to uh yeah, 15 years in B1, and I've never, and I know everyone talks about injuries, and you can't like blame it all on that, but it was it was ridiculous for a while. I think against right before we played USC, we had uh, nine players at practice the day before because not only losing our starting libero for the year, and then a potential starting outside hitter for the year the ACL, and then our our. Uh, Arguably, two best players in, in Shannon Harari and Corey Johnson came down with the stomach flu right before. I mean, it was just like whatever could happen did happen. And, and uh, but yeah, you know, they battled hard. They they got through it. We had a our, uh, our freshman Croatian middle that ended up playing outside for us, so a position she'd never even played before. And and uh, you know, we had to do what we had to do to uh, try to produce some wins.
2: All right, so we wanted to have you here as part of the ABCA Coaches Corner because you have seen. You mentioned it, fifteen years in Division One, a lot of different programs. I can think of Georgia yeah. 10, Irvine, and Cal offhand. I'm sure and, uh, I'm...
4: Right. Yeah, you're missing one. Uh, Western Carolina University, the Catamounts.
5: That's okay. where I got my start.
2: My apologies to Western Carolina. And what's their That's mascot? All good. Or, yes,
5: Catamounts. The Catamounts, yeah.
2: That's the mascot? Yeah. I thought it's it was the same place.
5: Yeah. Same oh. as the University of Vermont. Okay, very good. There you go, the only two. In my job when I left Irvine.
2: Oh, okay.
5: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jay, what's well, going on? Parlay that one to a nice job, huh? <laughs> I think you still have some stuff in the desk. I kept up
4: cleaning it out for like two years.
5: If they're tiny little airplane bottles, they're not mine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no comment.
2: i to ask you about is, is preseason scheduling, because we, we've talked to coaches a lot about the RPI and how that figures yeah. in. and Also just raw wins and losses with the new 500 or better Requirements. Right, right. Uh, how have you seen different head coaches address the developmental needs of their program with the perhaps postseason implications for their program? Right, right.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's really tricky um, because it really does, it depends on where you're at as a as a coach as a program. Um, you know, there's some coaches that are fighting for their job; they just need the Ws. And um, you know, I, I've been in again programs that have. Western Carolina wasn't necessarily the, the strongest uh program in the world and, and then obviously Cal here, a lot of uh different resources from being a the only assistant to having a lot of uh, resources on stuff. Um and there are different needs. You know, uh, here at Cal we expect to be contending for a national championship every year that's our mindset. Yeah. Um and uh the scheduling aspects of it, yeah. The RPI you know, I can go on and on about it, but That's what it comes down to, basically, for uh, scheduling your to get to the postseason. Obviously, in the um, Pac-12, every night's a battle, so you've got to balance that schedule. You know, winnable matches and schedule uh, matches that will help your RPI. Um, Obviously, you're getting um, to get a seed because obviously, we could schedule you know our sisters of the poor, you know, night in, night out, and still be okay with the record-wise, but our RPI probably would suffer, even though we're getting some from. Uh, the Stanford's and the UCLA's and, and Washington. So you kind of have to, you, you got to mix it up. Um, I think the biggest thing is is, is uh, scheduling teams that do well in their conference, maybe back east because they have a, a more varied um, assortment of matches that they play there. You know, going the west coast, and just dealing with us, the Big West, the WCC, et cetera, You're not going to get that that true RPI, uh, I don't know is the best way to set that you could by scheduling maybe the, the CAA champion or the or the Big South champion or, or these teams that are going to win their,
2: or possibly win their conference and uh, get some good Ws with it. Ben, are
9: are you so. free
2: at Cal to, to, as you say, not schedule our Sisters of Lady Guadalupe uh, for the entire preseason, but are, are you free to schedule whomever you wish because the Pac-12 is so strong and you will gain so much RPI through the conference portion of
7: your year?
4: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, we again try to go out and get some other uh, teams that we won't face regularly um, from the East Coast. But yeah, it, 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 we're going to get our our wins and our losses through the Pac-12. IP, I, I think we're the conference was
2: ranked number one for most of the year this year. So, but so when you're doing, are you then, are you then hoping that you can get matches that will be good for the development of your kids? Are there discussions going on with Rich, yeah. your coach, Rich Feller Rich Peller, to say where do we want to start with this group? where do we want to end going into conference exactly. to construct that for exactly. the kids.
4: Exactly. You look at, you look at the makeup of your team You say, do you have a, a senior laden team? Do you have a, a young team? Do you need to get, you know, get their feet wet, so to speak, or, or can you just jump into the fire? Um, and you know, with our, our team this year, obviously I, I got on board in February. So the schedule was already what it was, but they did schedule a, a stronger, um, preseason than they had before going out to Hawaii, et cetera. Um, with the with the intent that we'd have a senior leading team, really d- deep, and then all of a sudden we get you know, three injuries, and that kind of changed <laughs> changed our season there. But yeah, definitely, we we uh, you look at your team, you look at the makeup, and you say, okay, we need to ease into this, or we need we're ready to uh, go from the beginning and schedule accordingly. So that's
8: and usually- then there's always
4: the tricky part where you go into a uh, you want to go to say we want to go to um, Alabama and play, but then there's a team that says, well, we can't play you know, a team with the RPI of 50 or above, but we don't want to play this person. So then you kind of get um, X'd out
2: of some tournaments because teams don't want to play you. Well, yeah, that becomes um, the, the the question is when you're at a place like Georgia Tech or you're at a place like Irvine, right. what, and you don't want to lose those matches necessarily, but Correct. you need exactly. a, an RPI match. That seems like it becomes a, a terribly difficult balancing act.
4: It is. Uh, I mean, it's so challenging because RPI also... I mean it's a good indicator at the beginning of how teams are, but that can completely change. You know, our our first year at Irvine we were I don't know, twenty five and nine or twenty eight and nine or something like that. And and so teams the next year are loading up, hey, let's play Irvine, let's play Irvine. We didn't have a very successful year and so it kind of uh messed up their RPI or what they thought it would be, because um, they were counting on the team from the year before. And so it's it's a it's it's tough. I mean, but you're right, like at Irvine or, or Georgia Tech or whatever You don't want to schedule too many tough matches because then you now you're starting to put with that you know, 500 will be eligible to play.
5: By the way, did you know that the mascot for Our Lady of Mary Guadalupe is the rulers? I did not know that. (laughs) And for Kelly, there is uh, you should schedule incrementally instead of trying to go for. to you know, play a number five team is that another ruler joke <laughs> no, yeah, exactly you want to, you want to schedule from 200 and, and maybe go crack at the next 50 or the or the next 100 way. Right. right right
9: yeah
2: yeah it's tough to do for sure it's a
4: tricky
2: business it is a tricky business but ben we appreciate you enlightening us just a little bit on how you've seen it done throughout the years i know had uh, some conversations this year with some coaches, uh, Beth Lanier in particular at Utah, who second year in the Pac-12 said, yeah, we had to change our preseason schedule because we can't afford those losses early on. Right, right. We just can't. And so we need to play and get better and play some quality teams that we cannot afford to have that many losses. Exactly. Ben, thanks very much for joining us. We sure appreciate the time. And uh, sorry it's the off season, but we'll look forward to yeah. seeing you yeah. in season form in Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be
4: there. Uh, yeah, it was a tough one, but hey, it's a learning season. We'll get back at it this spring, and, and definitely look to improve.
8: Host, uh, it'll be
4: an interesting regional here with uh, our friends from across the way coming into our, our home. Not real
2: happy about that, but hold it is on. What it is. While we have you, while we have Uh-oh. you, this a debate going on between uh, Sondheimer and uh, and Jay here about I heard that happen. Will your fans show up to jeer Stanford?
4: Ah, I you know what? I think Stanford, uh, th- I think they'll pack it. I think their fans travel pretty well. It's right around the corner. And so um, I don't know. I mean, again, it just got here in February. Yeah, my, my dad went here. My brother went here. So I know about the uh, the rivalry, but I, I don't know. I think Stanford's going to have a pretty good turnout. Um, and I don't think our fans will be that invested to to jeer them this case.
2: I love we were- the corner call, that's hilarious because it's a, it's a solid hour and a half with a toll in between. If you caught the wrong traffic, you <laughs> get across that bridge, found out this year.
4: So. That's
2: just corner in California terms. In other places, that's like three-quarters of the way across the state. I know that they don't talk about it either. Like, uh, Ohio State will, during their
5: rivalry week, uh, they will cover every letter M on campus, which I think uh, is cool. Right. Or something, and they talk about that school up north. So I think you started something new, Ben. You talk about the school that's just around the corner. You don't even bother telling them where they really are. So is Cal going <laughs> to? <cut laughs> <on campus>? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. what was that? There's, the yeah. you know, you're playing against
2: the Stanford trees, and you want to go around cutting down all the that's trees.
5: An awesome campus, by the way. <laughs> it is an awesome campus.
2: Uh yeah, I was there. It was because I got to stay just down the road. I got to walk to Haas Pavilion, and I got to walk through what is. Uh, an unbelievably eclectic environment. Oh, it's beautiful up there. I I could live in North yesterday. That place is awesome. It's hella awesome.
5: He- wow. Hella. <laughs> there you go. Good pull right there.
2: I'm hella. I'm very impressed. <laughs> All right, we to <laughs> End this before it goes even more off the rails. Ben, thanks very much for calling us. We sure appreciate you spending the time. Look forward to catching up with you soon. No
5: worries. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. Well, ben Ben will probably apply for the job that just opened up at Our Lady Mary of Guadalupe because I I know that uh, you know not doing too well this year. <laughs> the ruler. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of how your life really means nothing outside of your own little your own little world that you think everybody cares about, my wife hears that I'm going to be on the show today, and she goes, "Oh, you're going to talk about ping pong all day." <laughs> she has no idea what I do. Ping pong. She hates. She doesn't hate volleyball, but she just doesn't know
2: what I do. Update on the inbox: thirty nine. Thanks very by much. By the
5: way, Rob Esparo reposted it on his page, so if you're friends oh, with him, no. <laughs> relive some memories. Way to go, Robbie!
0: Somebody said you look like, uh, uh, what's the dude's name from Weird Science?
2: Anthony Jack? Michael Hall? Anthony Michael Hall from Weird Science. That's what uh, they call I you. I loved by. that movie. Kelly LeBrock? Oh, my goodness. And also boy. somebody yeah. said they
0: weren't hammer pants. They were muscle lifter yes. meathead pants.
2: Yes, they were. <laughs> Accurate. Which you can
5: still buy in Venice Beach today,
0: and I think they're still worn. And somebody else also said, I think those pre-
2: pants predate my birth.
5: Okay. Oh,
0: I don't hey. know. We
2: have a diverse audience. Casey, awesome. nicely done. We have a diverse audience. What do you want? I, I challenge. This is a challenge for our Net Live listeners. Post <laughs> your senior photo on our page. Oh. Put your my, senior picture.
0: I'm not in my senior yearbook.
2: Why not? Because he's was,
0: anti-social. I was going back and forth between schools at the time, long story, and I didn't make this in your Continuation. Back and forth. Continuation and forth. doesn't take pictures. Forcibly.
2: Huh? Look,
0: I had a difficult teenage years. I may have got kicked out of the house a
2: couple of times. Redondo school for the mismanaged uh, <laughs> youth. Is that. They didn't have yearbook day? I was the perfect child. You had bad
0: I, parents? I'm going to have my mom call in and she can tell you. What. You are ha- <laughs> a perfect child with bad yeah, parents. His, or, applic- <laughs> his
5: application
0: to Our Lady Mary
5: Guadalupe was,
2: re- was
0: rejected. Yeah, rejected. I had to come back to public school. <laughs> All right, so
2: post your senior photo on our page. Let's have a little competition. We get the best senior photo. We'll send you a NetLive t shirt. We'll send it out for you for free if you post the best, i.e. worst. If you can beat mine, I might send myself a t shirt actually. Awkward family photos.
0: Um Can I make an executive decision we can take a quick break so Jay can hear my remix?
2: Yes. yes. Let's do that. We'll be right back. Beautiful. We will give you our picks. For the final four, we'll detail those matchups as well as give you some information on upcoming NetLive broadcasts and an important sale going on. Not a Black Friday deal, but it's a deal nonetheless for some NetLive merchandise. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: to louisville and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action cheer for every point witness every rally experience it live at the 2012 ncaa division I women's volleyball championship december 13th and 15th at kfc yum center in louisville kentucky hosted by the university of louisville and the louisville sports commission all session tickets start at 62 dollars visit ncaa.com slash volleyball to make a date with champions
2: you know what ought to happen on this show, ladies and gentlemen? We're back live. Is that we ought to cut back in like they do on PTI, where we're just in the studio because our discussion for the last five minutes was <laughs> way better than that commercial. Not better than your music. No, it was better than both. But it was unbelievable.
0: They were talking about monkeys, <laughs> por- porn
2: stars. Mm. Wow. Monkeys and porn stars. Little. Are the same. What was it? Big fat Jeremy's. Bi- oh, li- <laughs> oh, little little fat Jeremy. Little, little fat, fat Jeremy. Jeremy yeah. That's what. Little weird. fat Jeremy. I have a picture. And this should be on the Facebook page, and people can vote if they think it looks like you. But it's not a little fat. Okay, Jeremy. it's not a little fat. You, I just I was, you can it ended Facebook up being a good page. way to characterize it. But this is a picture I took of some guy at Revere Mexican Grill, a local restaurant, and it looked like you from a distance. Somebody would look up and go, oh, "That might be Jeremy."
0: Yeah, it's not as good as your hammer pants, though. Oh
2: man, oh, man. forty emails and and rolling. But with Jay the and I page. both
0: promised that we would yes. post embarrassing photos of ourselves.
2: I will do it. I promise. It I will. Okay, so look for those. Look for those. Those. those Dovetail into our discussion that we were having earlier. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, what's going on with the shirts on the Facebook page? <clears throat> or on the Vala clothing site, pardon me.
0: Well, for the holiday season, our shirts are at a discount. I believe it's $18 or $18.50 right now. No Black Friday sale, no Cyber Monday sale,
2: just sale. Get them just while they're, sale. Get them while they're hot. Get them while they're hot. Buy if them. you left,
0: domestically shipping only.
2: Okay. So if you want a second NetLive shirt or maybe a first NetLive shirt to support this program, remember that you're just supporting us. We're trying to uh, make the program better each week. Maybe we can pay for some faster internet so we don't have so many delays. ValaClothing,
0: V-A-L-A, clothing.com. ValaClothing.com. Yep. Perfect.
2: Hey, uh, let's get to our picks here, Jay. Yeah, I'm ready. And Jeremy, weren't you going to pick or are you waiting until next I'm week? I'm waiting
0: till the final eight because I know nothing. About well, you
2: can't, running. though, because it's everything this weekend, man. It's happening. Regional finals are December 8th, so...
0: No. Well, then I will uh, do it later this week and post my uh, picks online. All right. Second.
2: Uh, We have Texas versus Florida. I'm taking Texas. Uh,
5: Yeah, I'm taking Texas, too. I'm surprised that nobody has been able to stop the incredibly high balls to the pins yet from Texas. Dude. Eckerman and
2: Webster are unreal. But? When somebody does, which I think they'll see soon,
5: I think Texas will at least win that match against Florida. All
2: right. Wichita State, great run for the Missouri Valley Conference against USC. I think it ends here for Wichita State. Shockers are shocked. I
5: agree. USC, very good, very quick winning system.
2: Uh, I go with USC
5: and a great uh, logo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not, Not USC, by the way. All right. USC and Texas, pick me the final four out of that. USC. Wow. Yeah, I go with USC. And I know that it's in Austin,
5: and I know that uh, Texas uh, plays really well at home. I think uh, USC uh, has just got a little bit better finely-tuned machine, uh, and I think that the -the chuck-it-to-the-high-pin shot from
2: Texas is going to be slowed down, I'm saying, but that's going five. Here's the interesting part about this matchup. Texas can't play defense. USC plays incredible defense. USC, until recently, could not set the middle. They've been riding freshman Samantha Bricio a lot. But they haven't had much of a middle attack. Lately, Alexis Olgart and Alicia Ogums have been really good. That's gonna be an interesting matchup. I don't know that they have the pin blockers in Fuller to to stop Ambricio to stop the uh the outsides for Texas. I don't think anyone does. If they're on, they win. I'm picking Texas over USC, especially Ooh. because they're in the friendly confines of Gregory Jim. Ooh, okay. All right. Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa State, Stanford. Start with the battle for the Motor City schools. I was trying to think of Michigan. What's Michigan? Well, Michigan is. I mean, Motor City is uh, where I thinking. San Arbor. No, I know where they're at, but I'm saying the state itself. I believe it's kind of towards the center, is it not? I'm not sure. You know what? I think it's in the, the thumb. You no, no, no. Little... I'm talking about Michigan itself. What I forget what the state motto is or whatever because you could have the battle for whatever. It's not oh, really the battle for the Motor City because neither one are in Detroit. But well, that's good. You know what? I don't know that answer. Actually. Okay. Uh, anyway, interstate rivalry. Uh, you know, Spartans, what?
5: Wolverines. This is going to sound incredibly stupid. I think they're both even teams. Uh, I I just think that Michigan um, is on a little bit of a roll right here. I think there's some some unfinished business for them. Michigan State has had a nice run. I mean, Kathy does a nice job there. I'm going to pick Michigan on that one, and I'm going to pick it in five.
2: Okay. Um, I'm as well taking Michigan. I think Michigan comes out the victor here. I think 10 days ago they won 3-0. I think they're playing well. I think both teams are excited to be where they're at, but I'm going to pick Michigan. But believe me, Michigan State wins. Kathy George will be on this program next week. Iowa State, Stanford. This one, to me, is one of the easier picks. I, I think so.
5: People that complain about Penn State's road uh, and and their opponents and no slam against Iowa
2: State. Stanford, easy. I think Stanford, Three pretty go. easy. 3-0, yeah. Stanford. Yeah. So Stanford, Michigan. Yep. I'm going Stanford. I'm going I just to- think Stanford is too complete. Uh, Michigan is a good team. I just think Stanford is really a complete squad and in too deep. I would absolutely agree. Stanford in four, only because they're going to they're going to they're
5: gonna at least get the second game or the first game. I don't think they're going to do anything after that. But I, Stanford is just too good all the way around. Washington. And they're young, which is even scarier.
2: Omaha, Nebraska. Washington mm-hmm. taking on the home team, Nebraska. Battle of the head coaches. I'll tell you what. I've got Washington beating Nebraska. Really? Yes.
5: I am looking forward to that match. I will be glued to whatever is televising that match, whether it's computer or TV. That one is going to be fun to watch. And uh, if you ever want to see two coaches that are going to be more passionate about that match and more hype surrounding that match,
2: that's the one. I'm going Washington. Washington.
5: Over Nebraska in four.
2: I've got Nebraska winning that one. I think Washington just kind of runs out of gas. Nebraska victory there. Oregon, BYU. No question. Oregon in three. Okay. Me too. Over BYU. Yep. Uh, Minnesota and Purdue. I'm already going with you McCutcheon. You know, Brandon made a nice... No disrespect to the Boilermakers.
5: Rosenthal made a nice reference to it being in Lafayette. Uh, and I do believe Purdue will travel well. Do not underestimate McCutcheon and his video-watching capabilities to scout teams. If his personnel can hold up to snuff, which I think they will, I'm going to go with Minnesota.
2: I like how they say it's being played in Purdue's backyard. If it was played in Minnesota's backyard, it would be six inches of snow. hey
5: Penn State and Kentucky. I. Uh, for those of you out there that think that I'm a homer, yeah, get it straight. I'm not. Uh, I will say right now, Penn State in three. I don't think it's yeah. even close.
2: I wanted you to pick Kentucky after that. Yeah, that would have been good. It All right, Minnesota,
5: happen. Penn State. Here you go again. Another chance to be a homer. What's the toughest game to win? The third one in a row. I'm going to go with Penn
2: State. I'm taking Minnesota. Ooh, I'm taking Minnesota. To Are to you Final really? Four. Yep. Hugh uh, McCutcheon ahead of schedule. We might need to put a little something on this one, like a picture
5: with somebody else's jersey on. All court. right,
2: I've got Minnesota and Oregon. On one side, I've got Texas and Stanford. On the other, I'm picking Oregon to beat Minnesota. I'm picking Stanford to beat Texas, and I'm picking Oregon to win it. So, wow.
5: I, you know what? Big we, year for Nike U. We, we talked about it earlier.
2: Love all the uniform changes and helmet changes in Oregon. Uh, I've got $1,000 for one of those helmets. That was a little, <laughs> little out of my price range. 300 I would have considered buying a couple for the house. A grand? Oh boy, Boy, that, that is uh, – I'm sure there's a knockoff somewhere. There. Uh, uh, just it.
5: it may not be as, as protective, but who's wearing it? Uh, I've got Penn State, uh, meaning Oregon, in uh, that Final Four matchup. I'm going with Penn State. Uh, I've got USC and Stanford, and I've got Stanford winning that match. I've got Penn State and Stanford in the finals. I'm going Penn State in five. It's going to be an epic match. You're, you're definitely a homer. It's Just going be Penn State to, win the to entire be five, thing. and it's going to be epic. Almost uh, as epic uh, as the little fat Jeremy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's
5: The sandwich of Which all sandwiches. It's going to be a new burrito in your hometown.
2: <laughs> Look for the little fat Jeremy at a restaurant That's near the you. little fat Jeremy. How sweet is that? So, I want to know if we picked these on mascots, and I think we did this a little bit last year. <laughs> okay. If we picked these on mascots, okay, so a Nittany Lion versus a Wildcat. This is like a draw, right? We did
0: do this last year.
2: We did do We picked a, a mascot, entire mascot bracket.
0: How big is isn't a Wildcat? A nit- yeah. Isn't Nittany Lion. It's oh, like a, it it's like a lion. lion is
2: pretty big. A wildcat's definitely smaller. I think the wild uh, the Nittany lion mauls the wildcat.
0: It also says lion, so I'm going with that. Ooh. Okay.
2: So so in that lion. one, in our mascot challenge, we've got Penn okay. State winning that matchup. Alright, Purdue, a boilermaker, which is just a guy with a hammer. Or a good shot. Or or
9: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but lucky for him he's taking on a gopher. Well, listen, the
9: gopher wait,
2: Hey, the gopher has history. See Caddyshack.
5: Do we not watch the commercial where the lumberjack is wearing the pants and the gopher goes to bite and the, the teeth fall out of the gopher? Imagine the gopher taking the shot, the Boilermaker shot. Yeah. I'm going with the Boilermaker on that.
2: I think the Boilermaker makes mincemeat of the gopher. It,
5: it, no question. Gopher soup, for sure. No question.
2: All right, so that's, that's a Boilermaker versus, uh, <laughs> versus uh, Nittany Lion. Mm-hmm. A little bit tougher matchup for the Boilermaker. Ooh. Does the Boilermaker have a shovel? <laughs> he's no, he's got, got like a, a hammer. He's got, got like a, a
0: hammer. hammer thing, right? a ha- Hammer's
5: yeah. no no, no contest. If he had a shovel.
0: Okay. Because it's flat and you get clocked in the head. All right, right, so we're
2: taking the lion. I think the lion. There was the a poop there. reference somewhere in there, but yeah. I'm going to let it go. Okay. Oregon. Now, this is tough because somehow a duck has become a cool mascot. A a duck versus, again, a cat. So The duck is toast. The duck is just—I just see feathers it's d- everywhere. It's a Wait, duck. A duck against a cat. Who well, means? it's a mountain lion, right? What's the BYU. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cougars. Come
5: on. Cougars, this, yeah. It's a mountain it, it, lion. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go with the duck because the mountain lion's going to laugh its ass off nah. at the duck. So you're going, going with a, a, a all over a tortoise and the, the hare? Like, no, come on. I'm going with the I'm going with the lion. That's yeah. No- unless better.
0: it's like Howard the Duck, who's bigger. That's right.
2: He's fat and slow. He's Any to, Yeah, it's not good. Any There's wattles. no sandwich named after him, though. No. All right, so we're picking we're picking BYU in that one, the Lions. All right, so they're gonna. Okay. What about Washington, the Huskies, a dog taking on a corn husker? Uh, <clears throat> and the question becomes, how many dogs?
0: And what is a corn husk? They're just husking corn. They're husking corn.
2: They're tearing the. I mean, it, it's a it, husker. It's a job a kid does. I mean, kids from my camp would get out of out of. Uh detasseling duty to come to my camp. Detasseling duty. This is a conversation from the other day. I actually know what that is. Yeah, uh, it's so a I, husker versus a husky. I never figured I would. A husker and a husky. So the yeah. husker
5: corn. versus the husky.
2: Okay. I'm gonna go with the husker. Really?
5: Because the huskers are always they're detasseling. And detasseling is what you do when the corn grows to get the little So you're you're picking
2: them, them to rip the ear off the Husky. I am. Okay. I am. Yeah.
5: No, because a husky could be just a big person too, and they can All just
2: right. I'm, I'm voting for the husky because you just said you had, said huskers, so you open the door to huskies. Mm-hmm. So there could be several dogs eating one husker. Yes, I'm I'm picking the dogs. So okay, the husky. You go with
5: the dog. You only get one dog, though. You can't have a pack of rabid husky dogs.
2: doesn't have to be rabid.
5: Yeah. Well, you, not you, have you a can.
2: Of- you can because dogs go in in packs. in uh, pack and packs. Mountain lions are.
5: Do you think solitary? People, do
2: you think people
5: husk corn singularly? Well, yeah, you're down one row. You don't see
2: anybody else with you. All right. Uh, So we have a Husky versus a Lion. You got outvoted. Husky versus a Lion.
5: Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. uh, a a no-brainer. I'd like to pet the Husky because it's a cute little dog. I'm
2: not getting anywhere anywhere near a Lion. So, um, yeah, I'm going to
5: say the Lion. Okay, a
2: Lion. We're going to have a problem in the final four.
0: I'm with you on that, too. (laughs) All
2: right, so the Lion wins, but we're going to have a problem in the final four. So we'll we'll get there in a second. All right, Texas, Longhorn, Giant bull, pretty slow against... Florida, it's a gator. Ooh. I mean, this looks like something out of the Savannah. Right?
5: I, or something out of like a National Geographic show. Right. This if, is, you know, that there lies it. the
2: whaley. If the gator gets you and does the death roll,
0: you yeah. might be toast. The death roll. Yeah. All
2: we need is one broken leg on the bull, and he's pretty much finished. You but can
0: if he hunt gets, him. If he gets the horn in you, I mean, that's ah, tough.
2: If he if he hooks I don't him. think this is tough at all. I, gator is obvious.
0: I don't think it's obvious, Kevin. But I agree with
2: Go, Gators. I'm saying Gators. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I, I'm actually with I'm that. going
2: Gators. That's Yeah. All right. So Gators advance. Yep. All right. We have the Shockers, which apparently is a guy with wheat coming out of his head. <sighs> or that, Jeremy. And we have uh, USC. A hey, tree. The Trojans. Oh, no. I'm sorry. The yes. tree, yeah. We have Trojans. Guy with a sword. Remember, he can't plant it in the middle of the field, or you're not going to let your band play. <sighs> okay. So a guy with a sword versus a guy with wheat in his hair. Sword. Sword. Oh, the
5: a shocker. There's so many, so many great directions this can go. Yeah, but not
2: on this air. Uh, so Trojans and show.
5: gators. Yeah, Trojans, as much as it pains me.
2: So now we have a Trojan. We have a guy with a sword. Yes. On a and horse. And armor. On a horse. On a, on a horse, horse, horse against a
5: single With gator. a broom on his head upside down.
2: <laughs> hey, it was the style then. We've all had problems. So if he loses the sword, he Bell can bottom. sweep you away? That's right, that's right. He, he casts out colors, he eyes on shirts. Cleans your house after he's done killing Zuba's him. pants. We've all had problems. <laughs> Upside down, brooms on our heads.
0: I'm going with the Trojan because he can sacrifice the horse and then kill the gator.
5: Oh, so while the gator is eating yep. the horse, then yep. he comes up he from sneaks behind. sneaks up on him and puts the sword through Stabs the top of the him. head.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Trojans over gators. Yeah, I think you're right. Michigan. Ooh. Wolverines, a ferocious animal against, oh, hell on, we didn't get there yet. Wait, we got a ferocious animal Amen. against the Spartans. So again, we have a guy with a sword or maybe a pike. Maybe a spear. Maybe he's a, you know, a Spartan. Don't they have, don't they have a sp- <laughs> Not that kind of spear. They have a, a pike. Don't they have a pike, the Spartans, or do they have a sword?
3: The fact
0: that you're looking at me with a serious face right now this
2: conversation <laughs> is awful.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. I just want to go with the Wolverine just because I want to see how far the Wolverine can go. The so Wolverine
2: is low to the ground, hard to catch.
0: Yeah, and and uh, will is ferocious. And, it'll just and start they, nipping at you, and it'll just yeah, kind of
2: like a badger, yeah.
0: like a honey badger, very much. <laughs> Not, the no, honey they, they don't
5: smoke marijuana. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> you know that honey badgers just don't care. They, you know, they do what they want. Who's <laughs> eating yeah. a snake? Nasty. It's nasty. Jeez. <laughs> um, I yeah, am here. Wolverine here. Uh, Wolverine, by me. I know they are going Wolverine. I'm I'm gonna say the pesky Wolverine.
0: It doesn't Wolverine just sound cooler. It
5: sure does. Yeah. Wolverines.
2: Well, regulate <laughs> oh he's eating a snake nasty oh uh, ba- honey badger don't care <laughs> iowa state yes. yes iowa state cyclones hawkeyes hawkeyes right where was i cyclones.
0: cyclones cyclones i was the hawkeyes oh my bad
2: yeah cyclone all right so we have a cyclone versus a tree cyclone, cyclone or, sure. a <laughs> or a small bird or a small <laughs> bird whether uh, is tearing you up yeah it's, you know what? This isn't even a discussion. Stop right there, Jay. The giant tornado wins. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have uh, a wolverine versus a giant tornado. You know, the tornado might be formidable. It, it yeah, it might be. Tough. Jeez, Louise. Weather's unpredictable. Don't think we're in Kansas They
0: call anymore. it a cyclone. Does
5: it spin backwards? Is it? Is a cyclone one direction and Not a uh, tornado another?
2: No, cyclones
5: no, one, No, hurricanes is a storm. Other.
0: One's above the
2: equator. But it's a, cy- it, it, it's a cyclone it. on the other side that's of the true. You know, Isn't it? Don't they call them cyclones? In Asia? Bottom line, I'm going with the uh, weather. You're going with the weather.
0: You yep.
5: cannot mess with Mother Nature. Yeah.
7: All right.
0: Cyclone. Or the
5: little fat Jeremy. Right. <laughs> a formidable. Can, here, I, get a, can here I get
7: a T-shirt? That are...
2: Little
0: fat Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that'll be that'll be another one of our net live items. Yes. All right. Here is our final four matchup. On yes. one side of the bracket, we have lions. How did we get a lion? Cougar. Oh Cougar. no. Cougar. Oh. Lion. Hey. Wait a second. Hot older women on one side. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a BYU so honey, Cougar, a Cougar, a yes. nit- a lion versus a Nittany Lion, Cougar and Nittany Lion, ostensibly the same cat. Yeah. If you look at their logos, they're virtually the same cat. On what basis can we choose a winner here? Uh... I mean, one cat's Mormon.
5: <laughs> it has a helmet <laughs> and rides a bike. <laughs> uh, you could con- – you know what we need right now is that – what's that old TV show where you had, the, war- they had the, the two different warriors and the guys with the computers would actually put in all the data and they would come up with the scores? Of yeah, went out, yeah, it was on
2: History Channel. Yeah, it was called like Warriors something or other. Yeah. I,
5: you know what? I, that's a toss-up.
2: How do you – How do you? How do you uh, Does being Mormon devalue your fighting ability? Is what Ask gonna- Romney? I have no idea.
0: I'm going to go with the Cougars because my dad's side of the family is Mormon. Okay.
2: Okay. Loyalties. Jay? Ooh. Well –
5: I almost feel like I have to secure the I'm the casting
2: vote.
0: Yeah, I, I guess Kevin's I'm the deciding, the deciding vote way. here.
2: Yeah. And you have wow. to explain why. You do. I have yes. to explain why. Well, let me do a little research. We'll come back to that one in just a moment. I need to look at both logos. And By I'll, the way, I'll no slam
5: it to it. Mormons out there. Please don't send me any hate mail.
2: It's a joke. Just keep sending
5: it to me. Yeah, just keep, keep posting on Kevin's Facebook page <laughs> about his beautiful pants. Yes.
2: All right. So on the other side, we have Trojans, guy with a sword versus a cyclone. Now, it is a guy who has some intelligence versus a cyclone.
0: How do you defeat a cyclone? You'd have to wait for the weather to pass.
2: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You just have to wait it out. Well, and he could clean the
5: debris with his broom on top of his helmet afterwards.
0: And does the Spartan have a horse too? No, he doesn't. No, but
5: the Spartan also has a green broom on top of his head. Correlation? He has like that dress
0: thing too. Coincidence? I think not. I think the the cyclone
5: will. I'm going going Mother Nature as well. The cyclone absolutely dominates the Uh, USC Trojan. Yeah.
2: Sorry, Tommy Trojan. Okay, so we have a cyclone in the final in the the match. Yes, in the, in the top match we have the cyclone. Okay, yeah, yes. Who are you picking? I'm I'm looking at the Cougars here. Cougars.
0: BYU Cougars.
2: BYU Cougars. Very angry, large, muscular. Penn State. Regal. Looks more refined. Looks more like an indoor cat. Thoroughbred. Looks more <laughs> like an indoor. Cat. Really? This it, isn't that that's an indoor kitty? We're good, we're this in, one, in, this one, this one's
5: out in the mountaintop. Much, much like your indoor kitty that came up earlier. But
0: doesn't the Nittany Lion statue isn't like
2: on rocks and stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This one's on top of a mountain, let, not just a rock. Yeah. Yeah,
0: go top, ahead. On
3: you know,
2: top of a mountain. You keep taking a look at that. Let me just show you. Look at this guy's. He, he's he's attractive. He's regal. He's refined. He is the prince. He's metrosexual cougar. <laughs>
5: metrosexual cougar. He is the prince of May cougars. I show you? That is
2: stone, my friend. That is stone. That I, is stone. That is a fine, fine picture. I, I have to say... So what are you going with? I have to say that standing on top of a stone is impressive. <laughs> standing on top of 5,000 feet of rock more is rock. more impressive. He's I have afraid. To go That's with, why he has with, to be so high, because people will chase him to the heights. Cats <laughs> like high places. Uh, the refined sensibility... Of Penn State loses to the Ooh. mountain anger wow. and rugged outdoorsiness of the, B- the BYU, BYU Cougars. I call BS in this whole thing. i totally <laughs> wow. jump the show. Okay, Apparently. so we have the BYU Cougars okay. facing Bye. off with the Iowa State Cyclones. Dare which, by not. the way, by the way, even if you take it to Cougars (plural) and Cyclones (plural), I'm pretty scared of the weather. I think
5: you can go plural Cougars, singular. Cyclones and still be pretty scared because you know in Southern California the weather right now is pretty ominous. It's drizzling outside. And <laughs> Dogs storm- and cats living together. There are people in yellow jackets, yellow slickers,
2: on the freeway with news. So, bands. so I either just drew a Jamba Juice logo, <laughs> or I'm picking the cyclones. I think we're all going with the cyclones to win it. I think fighting a
0: cyclone on top of a mountain is a lose-lose situation for you. I well,
2: oh so. wait, interesting point. Interesting point. Can you have a cyclone at altitude? I Ooh. guess there was a tornado in downtown Salt Lake
5: Ooh. a couple of years ago. By the way, interesting side note while you debate that, Mills <laughs> College in Berkeley area, their mascot is the Cyclone, small little all-girls school, about 600 students. We went and played there years ago. Their mascot actually came in a giant Cyclone foam outfit Awesome,
2: and Impressive. spun the entire
5: time around the whole court. It was an awesome sight to see.
2: Impressive. I saw a guy on a video yesterday. I think it's doctored, though, put himself through a bailer. I don't think you can do that. No, I don't, no, think you I don't can think go you. through a bailer. Wow. Really? I think it's bull. <laughs> I call I call BS. Ooh. Uh, update on the email, 40 was the total. That 40. I Good job, gentlemen. Nice. All right, so the Cyclone wins it. Congratulations, Iowa State. You are the victor of the Sweet 16 <laughs> and on mascot challenge. Jay Hasek fan
0: on the uh, chat board just wrote, Monday, December 3rd. 2012, 12.17 p.m. PST, TNL jumps the shark.
2: I'll tell what, I think we had a great program. I mean, many thanks to uh, to Ben Bodipo Memba for calling in. Benny. To Mark Rosen for calling in. Thanks to Kathy George and Michigan State for getting back to us. Uh, they will. We will have them on in the future. When they did get back to us. They're just in the middle of practice. Uh, thanks to AVCA for the support of the show. And thanks to Dan Fisher for calling in six times and impersonating <laughs> everyone else. Thanks, Casey being a part of that. Um, but I thought that that was a fantastic show and all those people joined us. And then I thought the last 15 minutes were the funniest of the whole deal. We should H- highlight. It.
5: Totally, totally should record that. I am little I am on Jeremy. my way to go get Cyclones. a little fat Jeremy at Tommy <laughs> Burger. I'm going to Tommy Burger right now. That sounds really, really good. Love Tommy Burger. Tommy Burger, by the way, I will take royalties for uh, advertising. I love that place.
2: Hey, Vinny Lopes, we did not get to this. We, we need Ooh. to do this. We need 10 more minutes here. So hang okay. on. Like I, God. Me. I like oh my God. it. 10 more minutes. And Vinny Lopes, I'm, I'm sorry it's coming at the end of the show. We promoted early. Uh, but this has to happen because Vinnie was kind enough to do, first of all, Thanks to Vinny for putting this together. Yes. Doing an off-the-block preseason All-American vote for the men. Yes. And this is going to be our our College Volleyball Weekly segment coming up in January. Yes. Here is your, let's start with the second group, second team, All-Americans, as voted. Yep. As voted by the 18-person Nationwide Committee, composed of Jay Hasek and his friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We have the following. At Libero, Javier Caceres from Pacific. Really? Peter Gisaitis from Loyola. Yep. Second team? Yeah, Gisaitis. He's Second team. Kid. Second good team. Manhattan hey. Beach kid, by the way. Can I get Gisaitis. their positions, too? That was Libero's. So okay. Yep. Yep. Javier uh, is a
5: Puerto Rican kid. Here
2: are four outside hitters. Okay. Gonzalo Quiroga from Very UCLA. Good.
5: And he's also from uh, Argentina.
2: Jeremy Janeo of Matt?
5: UC Irvine. And he's a little.
2: Jeremy uh, Dano.
5: Dano? Okay, I Dano. can't believe you said it. D-E-J-N-O. I don't know. Dano. What it's did he call it? No, it's Dano. Jeremy okay.
2: Dano from Wisconsin. From Wisconsin. That makes no sense that his name is J-N-O and he's from Wisconsin. Okay. Outside here, Taylor Crabb from Long Beach State. Hawaiian kid. Good player. Yep. Yeah, Tony Crabb's son. Yep. Longtime USAV supporter. Outside attacker, Brian Cook from Stanford. Yep. Santa Cruz kid. Middle blocker from Stanford, Eric Maholski. Uh, Maholski. Yes. Okay. Good kid. Middle attacker from USC, Robert Feathers. Feathers. Hope he hits a little harder than that. Ooh. Middle attacker, Dylan Davis from UC Santa Barbara. Yep. And setter, Matt West of Pepperdine. Huh. Just a sophomore, I think, right? Uh, Yes, just a sophomore. All right. From
0: Seattle, no less. Pepperdine right. still has a program.
2: First team, All-Americans off the block preseason. Libero, Henry Casaday, yep. from USC. Yep, from Hawaii. USC, yeah, but from Hawaii. Originally. From Hawaii, okay. Sorry, sorry, a bunch no. of outside hitters here. Maurice Torres from Pepperdine, actually yep. an opposite. Coached him in club. Kevin Tilley from UC Irvine, French kid from Columbia. Yes. Torres is yeah. a great story. Him and his sister both, and going to Orange oh, Lutheran, yeah. and and the stuff they've had to deal with. Parents both. Deaf. Awesome, awesome family. Really neat kid. Yeah, uh, sister plays at. Who did I do last? It's Arizona. I, I was I was going to say Arizona school. Plays for Arizona. Yeah, she's she had a, great a good fan. second half of the season too. Great family outside attacker Joseph Smaltzer from Loyola. 6'10", lefty, opposite. Wow. wow. Yeah. The second coming of the, what's his name from Big USC? Big kid. Big kid. 6'10". Yeah. Remember the guy from SC? What was his name I'm trying to think of? Well, there was... Just uh, before my era. Um, our era. There was a Seifert who was No, not Seifert, not Seifert. Opposite, 6'10". <laughs> Couldn't jump a lick. Uh, hit the ball really hard. Apparently.
5: Well, at UCLA, there was... Chatford, please. Yeah. USC. Was, uh, I can't uh, remember well, his
2: name. All right, uh, Taylor Sander from
5: BYU. Oh, Legit. Cool. That kid you'll see on the 2016 roster without question.
2: I don't know how this guy got in. Aaron Russell from Penn State. How many votes did you get? What?
5: I don't know. I tell you what, great kid, good player, also was on the junior national team roster. He will be uh, a national team kid
2: for sure. Aaron Russell. In the yep.
5: Didn't
0: you travel with the junior national team? I
5: did. I was an assistant. We're going to Turkey next year for nice. Worlds. It's going to be awesome.
2: Jay Petty me?
5: from Lewis. Yep. Hitter. Yep. Jay Petty. Good kid also, I think, from the
2: Chicago area. Russell Lavaja. Middle blocker in my uh, BYU. And Setters, two of them. B.J. Bulldog. That kid. That's a great name. Really good. Really good. Bulldog. Yeah. Bulldog. Go get him, Bulldog. Go get him. Really good. That that
5: kid does not get enough credit. Bulldog. Bulldog.
0: His real name is Bulldog.
5: B-O-L-D-O-G. Bulldog. Awesome.
3: Go get him. Get him. (laughs) Biden, (laughs) tear his arm off.
2: All right, uh, easy to duck call. Also, setter, <laughs> Micah Christensen from USC. So a lot of USC talent there, boy. Fergie, you're fully stocked, dude. You better get it done. Oh, the pressure you just put him on. 41 emails. Micah,
5: setter on our junior national team this year.
2: Good kid.
0: Can we? Can you guys give me your uh, preseason number one yet? Or do I have to wait on that?
2: <sighs> so I haven't done any research. I'm going to be doing some UCLA matches this year. I honestly, I don't know enough, Jay, to say Irvine. he's
5: number one. I think, without question, Irvine. Uh,
2: turner's coming off the wind.
5: Coming off the wind, not only that, but what about you know, UCLA and Spraw? I think, I think they're rebuilding. Uh, I think they've got a fine staff. Uh, the Robert Page, their seven-foot outside hitter, has now moved over to opposite. He's going to be a good kid for them. Uh, they've gone. I think they're going to take a year or two to get Spraw's kids in there. UC Irvine only lost Carson Clark. Uh in their middle, I think Cavorkin. Uh, everybody else is coming back and the kids that they put in those positions are just as legit. So, so good.
2: I'm going to say Irvine uh is my preseason favorite right now. But I'll tell you right now when it comes down to the mascot challenge, Ant Eater not going too far. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know we used to play Ant, them.
0: Ant Eater don't care. Look, he's eating ants. He's when nasty. I
2: was at Santa Cruz, when we
5: played Irvine, it, it was the battle of the best mascots in the country. The oh. Ant eaters and the banana Slug. Oh, now moment. he's got
2: his nose. Hold on, hold on he's got his nose in that on. big thing. <laughs>
5: Did you say banana slugs, oh my God, the fighting banana
2: slugs from u c Santa Cruz, you know the banana slugs can fight all they want, they're still banana slugs,
5: uh, I mean you... even
2: if you're angry and you're a slug, I mean a little
5: bit of salt oh. Oh. Now, by the way, if you are at UCSC and somebody tells you to lick the banana sled because it makes your mouth numb, do not do it. It's a complete false rumor. It makes your mouth completely <laughs> slimy. It's a, it's a joke we used to make all the freshmen do. We we, we all know did you, why Jay knows did you, do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I did not do it. Uh,
2: but I do know somebody that did, and it was not a very pretty <laughs> moment, that's for sure. Jay, somewhere in Marv Dunphy's office, there has to be a tape of you and I playing against each other. Uh, gotta find
5: you it. know what? And there's a there is actually, if there is footage, there is a moment where I dug you and you screamed and yelled at me and after the point you were like you turn to your kids and I know this is a family show so I will I will dumb it down let's
2: effing go they are division three <laughs> it was awesome sounds like me it was awesome uh, we were terrible in that match I remember
5: I, you know what you were terrible and, and we were you know division three <laughs> we, we, we fought
2: like crazy that's about all we could do ah uh, this is pretty, a small community you me he'd be on the show today you know Repretty pretty tried calling in last week and we missed him he did called we, in ten minutes we miss after him the program. In air quotes?
3: Oh, sorry, we missed you. We were
2: already into the the tail end of everything. I was driving home. Yeah, and pretty's like, I was in the queue. Uh huh. Sure you were. <laughs> good luck to you. Keep keep making that paper read. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Turkey. All right. Hey, you know what? You tuned in for an extra twenty six minutes. You got a serious bonus. Twenty six minutes for the net live. I think that's one of the best uh, afternoons we've had. Jay, thanks for coming and sitting in. Appreciate love,
5: it. love, love being here with you guys.
2: You're sitting in in uh, Louisville.
5: I, I, if if we are in the final four, I will be doing the radio show with uh, uh,
7: the on boys. Friday
2: though.
5: We're going Friday in between the two. Yes, I will be here and I will be on as long as you will have me. Okay. Which may be like two minutes because when you're there, you're big time to me, and I don't get any airtime when I'm out there. So it happens. It's kind of how it works, and it I happens. don't win iPads, which kind of sucks too. But <laughs> well,
2: study <so> your volleyball <laughs> trivia. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're getting us via iTunes, please keep it up. We're getting those files squared away, working on our technology here. We will have a show next Monday. We also have a show next Friday and the following Monday because so much is going on in the volleyball world. It's Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight this weekend. Next week it's gonna be Final Four in Louisville. So we'll have a I'm sure a star studded program there. We always drag in some really great names, have some fun discussions, and really have a, a really great time with the ABCA convention if you can. Show up at the ABCA convention. It will really give you a picture as to how big collegiate women's volleyball has become. So thanks, everybody, for coming on the show today, and we appreciate you tuning in. For Jeremy and Jay, I'm Kevin. We'll see you next time. The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute, integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org.